You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the forefront they have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth that they had faith in you. And you. You are now locked in to the latest edition of the Hey, It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Presented by RunAFanatic.com. It's episode 110. You press play on this episode, and that makes you a wise person. Because today's guest is an elite human being, a special fantasy baseball mind, who beats the skins for a band called With Sales Ahead. There's very few things that this person cannot do. And for that reason alone, you are in for a treat today, as we welcome in Ryan Venancio. Join your hosts, Christopher Deary and Michael Govier as they break down fantasy baseball with Ryan. They'll talk about music, his band, drumming, and of course, fantasy baseball. Topics ranging from name that runner-up fab in the fastest growing game show in North America, Logan Gilbert, will he be there for you in September? And second half insane fantasy takes. That's right, the boys are calling their shots as we head into the All-Star break. For the second half. You always get a complete show, though, when you listen to the Palazzo Podcast, and we are grateful for that. Make sure to follow us, Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's on Twitter, and sub, sub, sub our YouTube channel. That would make our day. Take it away, boy! Michael Gobier, hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's the show right at the All Star break. Essentially, we got the final weekend of action here before we head into All Star Post Weekend, All Star Monday, All Star Tuesday, All Star Games on Tuesday. And Deary is supposed to be here. He said he'd be here. I don't know what he's doing. And uh, right now, it's just the two of us. We got a guest today. I am Michael Govier at MJ Govier. G O V is in Victor. I E R on Twitter. And of course, today's guest. 
The man with a lot of talent. He loves baseball. He also loves to play the drums. He's in a band with sales ahead, a kick-ass band. Here it is. We were just jamming it out earlier. This song is called Synapse Fires. It's like a fire. Imagine all you just listen, just listen for a second. This is this is Ryan playing drums. Get a little ride there, a couple ride clicks too. He's never taking a break, even when they're stopping. Let's give it up for Ryan Venancio. Hey, woohoo! Ryan, welcome in, man. It's finally, finally happening. This is long overdue. We've talked for a while, been a fan of yours. I think we've had a mutual admiration, and this show is now happening. I know. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I've been, I've been, I'm uh, excited to finally get on. You sound much more chill than your band does. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's funny. It's interesting what someone's like and then uh, the kind of creativity they can put out in the world, you know, because I'm a pretty chill guy, actually, if I'm not doing this. But I'm not I don't know. I like to entertain. But when I'm off, I'm kind of just, you know, I'm just quiet. I think. That's really funny because everyone in my band is super laid back and we play like this crazy, progressive, hardcore music. Sure do. Damn straight. With Sales Ahead. It's a badass band. They're on Spotify. I'm sure you're on all standard. You guys have a website and stuff too? Or what's going on there? Uh, yeah, with salesahead.com. Um, unfortunately, we haven't been playing any shows lately, but I would show you the shows that we're playing and our new music and merch, all that kind yep. of stuff. Right on. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're on Spotify, YouTube, Apple, Apple Music, and all that. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I am a big fan. I play drums myself. Ryan knows that. I've mentioned it on the show maybe a couple times. I did a podcast recently with Al Melchior. You know who Al is? Uh, I've heard the name. I'm not <laughs> familiar with him, though. <laughs> I've, heard, I've, heard, I've heard the name like on Twitter. I've seen him maybe on Twitter, but I don't, I don't, I don't follow him. I'm not friendly with him. I fucking hope he hears this. because I hope he sees this or hears this because that's so funny. You never know. There's all these bubbles. You know, when you do this, you think initially when you started, we started the show. We're like, hey, me and Deary, we're going to start talking about baseball, fantasy baseball. We play it all the time. Let's do it. It'll be fun. And then you find out there's all these realms and bubbles of people are mixed in together. And then there's this overarching community that people like to create. And then there's these like gatekeepers of the community. It gets really weird, you know, and sometimes I, I respect that people are trying to make the community a positive place and all that shit too. I, I don't want to shit on people there, but I just find it fascinating who knows who, who doesn't know who and why that happens. I, I find that to be curious. That's all. He's a, he's a fantasy baseball guy. Al used to be on the CBS sports, uh, the big one, you know, back in okay, like 20, okay. I think uh, 2017 or 2018 he left and he's at the athletic now. So he works with the DVR, Derek Van Riper and uh, does his own thing as well. Oh, that's awesome. And now that I think about it, you've, I've probably heard him from you mentioning him on your podcast. Yeah. Well, that was that's the reason I'm the reason I actually mentioned him has nothing to do with fantasy. It's because of his know. his music pod that he does. It's a lot of fun. It's called You, Me, and an Album. And I did Built to Spill with him, uh, 1999's Keep It Like a Secret, where we sat down and we talked about Built to Spill's Keep It Like a Secret. He's never heard it. Somebody shows up who loves an album, and then they talk about it together. I think it's really cool. 
That is really cool. I have to check that out. I want to strongly recommend it. Yeah, as a music person yourself, I think you'll really dig it. And Al missed a lot of music. He said that. He's like, oh, you know, I was busy with life. I missed stuff in the 90s, the 2000s, and so on and so forth. He couldn't catch everything. And he's catching up on it now in a really unique way. And he has all kinds of different people on. So it's a lot of fun. I had a great time with him. It's the last time I'll mention this week. I don't want to shove it down everyone's throat, but I'm really excited about the pod. I want to support Al. I think it's a fun idea. You, me, and an album. Please check it out. Uh, Ryan, baseball. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. What we got? I see Deary right now. He's a gray screen. I don't know if he's he's kind of there, but he's not. In the meantime, see if he morphs into himself here online. Baseball-wise. Where can people absorb your baseball content? How, why, besides Twitter, obviously? Uh, so I work for a website called Next on Deck. Um, me and my buddy Diego, who works for, who also works for Prospects Live, uh, we started oh. this website. Yeah, we started this website. Um, we're going to get a lot more content going in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to take the all-star break to kind of write a lot and get a lot of stuff out there. But we do everything. Um, dig the uh, Diego's working on a bunch of stuff with the draft that's coming up. I think in is that Deegs right? like Deegs? Deegs, yeah, yeah. I'll oh, call him. Yeah, yeah. I'll call him Deegs just because I'm used to calling him Deegs. But oh, um, I, yeah, I, I kind of know who him is. I don't know if I've maybe I don't know. Maybe I pissed him off. So. I, don't, the, I felt like a you played oh, you played in um the show that that will be the show. Yeah, that will be the yeah. show Luke, that we did. I was terrible. Man. Fucking you were terrible. The, yeah. You were the Padres. I picked a great team. Yeah, and I could. I just yeah yeah Diggs was, Diggs was it Diggs was in that with us oh that's okay he definitely was and yeah. I feel like for a second he was well I don't want to speak out of turn I, I I'll leave it at that anyways uh I seen him run on Twitter but I haven't seen him in a while so I don't know if he's not using Twitter much or if I'm just not connected to him in some way either way he's really really great with prospects I know that for sure no he really knows his stuff and he works um he works in baseball um he, he, yeah he does work with um. I'm not sure the age range, but I'm pretty sure it's like 14 to 16 year olds, maybe 15, oh. 17 year olds. Yeah, he um coaches them and works with them, and he actually plays uh D3, I believe D3 baseball. He's a pitcher. Wow. So he knows. Yeah, yeah, he knows his stuff. He's really Hell yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. hardcore. That's fantastic. Really good stuff. Glad to hear that. We're talking yeah. live, you Ryan Venancio. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at. V-E-N underscore baseball, Ven underscore baseball. Really easy. And Ryan, what do you like to focus on? Uh, do you have anything particular? It's just general fantasy baseball. Um, Me, myself, or the website? You. Um, I'm, I don't really have anything in particular, but I would say my strongest is Dynasty Leagues and, like, how to buy, buy low, sell, you know, Buy and sell players in dynasty leagues, and kind of figure buy low out. On Keston Hira. <laughs> buy low on Keston Hira, Willie Adamas. I I got so I got so many Willie Adamas shares when he um when he went to the Rays. Look who's here! I'm sorry, man. He made it. I'm hey. sorry, guys. I got internet issues. I don't know what's going on here. We're done here. Well, you're just interrupting Ryan. He was talking about his uh. Forte, if you will. He loves to find those players that have been abandoned in Dynasty and make it happen. Turn it into something special. Just like uh, 
Willie Adamas was the name he was mentioning, Deary. Have you seen Willie Adamas? He's pretty impressive. I'll be quiet for the next hour and a half, and I'll let you guys riff, and I'll just smile. <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's not going to be fun if you're just going to... You're going to have to put in extra work now, if anything. <laughs> of course. Yes, um, Willie Adamas. Yeah. God damn, he's been incredible since he moved over. Yeah, Ryan, we're former... You know, we're Tigers fans, so we remember Willie back in the day, and we were thought he would be a Tiger one day that would flourish, but he got traded to the Rays, and... The rest is history. Well, the David Price at, deal. Yeah, I was looking at his numbers maybe a week ago, and I was like, "Oh wow, I didn't, I never knew he was on him." And Eugenio Suarez, right? Both yes. of them. I just, I just found out like a month ago they were both on the Tigers at some point. That's, That's right. so dumb. <laughs> yeah, U- Eugenio was like a soft hitting third baseman for us. Got a short stint, and then all of a sudden he goes to Cincinnati. He's just hitting bombs. I don't think I ever. I never saw that power with us. Yeah, I I I didn't see it with us. Yeah, we never saw that. And he was still a shortstop in the minors, I believe, with Detroit. But you're right. He didn't hit for 47 home runs in a year. (laughs) No shit. Definitely not. With the shortage that we have as Tigers people. Go Tigers. We don't have any. Position players was always a thing. We have no position players coming up in here besides... Torkelson, Green, maybe somebody else, but nobody else, nobody else gets to be really excited. It would have been cool to have those guys just be here now. But, hey, there's a lot of ways things come about in baseball. Transactions, the nature of player development. It's a weird world, and I'm not going to get caught up in that, Ryan. But I'm excited to talk about a lot of fun stuff today with you. We're going to cover everything we possibly can. We're going to talk about the catch of the day, which could focus, or we may or may not focus on Logan Gilbert. We'll talk all-star break strategies. Uh, what to do now? What do we do with our teams as the all-star break is approaching here this weekend? We'll get crazy with Enrico's Inquisition, where we just ask a bunch of dumb shit to Ryan, which will be fun. A lot of music stuff, I think, will be entertaining. And play that game. Uh, Sweeping the nation. Name that runner up And we'll take second half insane fantasy takes. That's right. We're bringing it back for the second half predictions. It's going to be a lot of fun. Ryan, do you think you'll enjoy yourself? I'm definitely going to enjoy myself. <laughs> Big fan of the pot. Thank you. That's very, very sweet. What a sweet man you are. You're, you're much more sweet than I realized. Because I listen to your music, you know, and it's just so intense and aggressive. <laughs> but listening to you yeah. talk, you know, it's very... Uh... I just realized it's the first time we've talked in person. It's true. You're right. All, all we've had is typed words. and it's <laughs> You can't get to know somebody through text. Come on. No, definitely not. Weird when you do that. You know, check this out. What this one? Remember this one? This actually isn't me drumming, but it's still a good song. Oh shit! Buzzkill. No, it's still a good song. Oh, what do you think, Gary? I dig it. Yeah, I like it too. Uh, how many albums have you done with the band? Uh, Morning Sun. And then 2018. The sing- and then the two singles. Okay. So you came along in like 2018 or 2017? 2017. 2017 or 2018. Well, I love the singer. I'm a big fan of the. Uh... No, Sarah. Sarah's great. Yeah. It's just my thing. Right, Deary? Remember that? Deary, remember we had that playlist, the uh, females only? That was fun. Oh, female only playlist? I love it, man. It's my wife's jam for sure. Like, I need to introduce this to her tonight. She it's right up her alley. She loves girl singers that just absolutely fucking rock. (laughs) 
Hey, Brock's here. What's up, Brock? Uh, home run derby favorites? We're not fucking talking about home run derby favorites. <laughs> you can find another show for that. That's not and fantasy. And this is not a uh, podcast that talks about betting either. So, well, I like that. Yeah. We could talk about betting. I mean, unless as long as you're comfortable, of course. But uh, 12 year olds like the home run derby. I don't give a fuck. Uh, Ryan, do you agree or disagree? I love the home run derby. Oh, oh! I no, Mike. I don't get me wrong. I enjoy the home run derby too. I watch it every year. What? I don't like roll over backwards for it, but yeah, I watch it for sure. It's gonna be a great weekend. We couldn't do draft did- on Sunday. We couldn't do diddly poo. I think that's. I think it's boring as fuck. I don't know home run derby. It's just not something I catch anymore. So. You don't get excited when Vlad was nineteen, hitting friggin' thirty homers in one round. That didn't do anything for you. I guess I've, uh, I guess I've seen too much, done too much, had too much cynicism run through my veins well, to really well, appreciate something. The question is, what else are you going to be doing that night? You have nothing else to do. What? The what only sports. About? It's the only sports on. It's what Monday night. There's nothing else going on. Well, there's more to life than sports, dearie. Come on now. <laughs> you run a fantasy baseball podcast. What else are you going to do on Monday night? I'll, I'll play you go out to drums. dinner. You gonna go out to no? I'm not, nice, I'm not gonna uh, go anywhere. Uh, nice meal. I'm not gonna go anywhere. I'll row okay. outside. I'll uh, I'll go okay. out here and I'll shoot some hoops. Yeah, I love shooting my hoops. Oh shit! I got fucking bugs in my basketball hoop. I can't play basketball right now. It sucks. It's wasps <laughs> or bugs in my hoop. <laughs> There's a nest. It's a rollaway too, and they just start. You're not I using, using it enough. No, I was. I left for a couple days to help my brother move. I come back and the thing's infested already, and now. I shot a couple hoops and they just started coming out like crazy and I ran away like a madman because you can't fuck around with those. Mike, come back to Ann Arbor, go to the Main Street house. That hoop you bought 12 years ago is still there. (laughs) Well, that's what what I wanted to say. It's destiny. I gave up that hoop at Main Street, but now I've been given this one because that guy moved out and I was just left here. So God giveth and God bringeth back. It's crazy. Uh, Carlos Marcano's here. Carlos was going to be on the show Wednesday. Hi, Carlos. If you're still here, just want to say hi. And that Ryan is a great Twitter follow and a great dude. How about that, Ryan? That's pretty nice. I appreciate that, Carlos. Carlos Ryan, is the man. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm saying he's the man. I appreciate the, uh, the, the kind words. He's a sweet man, Carlos is. And we're going to have him back on the show as soon as it's convenient. Brian K. Rogers says, back, 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 gone. Hashtag Chris Berman, of course. I, I remember playing. That's what that's what turned me off, was, was Berman. No, I, I Berman like Chris Berman's, Berman's goofy shit. You like Chris Berman's shit. goofy shit. I do. I do. I'm not okay. kidding. It's cool. Uh, I love NFL primetime. That show is the best ever, and uh, I miss it. Brockness says, erroneous. There is not lore to life. There, there, <laughs> You got to work on your typing, Brock. There's not more to life than sports. Yes, I know, Brock. How dare I? I should be running in mountains doing my heat training like you are, you psycho. Do you see this guy on Twitter, Brock? He's in the, he's doing 4th of July weekend, running in the mountains, no shirt on, in like 115 degree heat, running like a madman. He's one of these hardcore athlete, not athlete, but um, endurance things, you know, tough motor. Remember that? All that kind of shit. Brock's a funny dude, too. He is. We love Brock. We just had him on the show. You should check out that episode if you missed it. It was last week. Was that last week? Uh... It was last week. Yeah. Where Sometimes where Brock shows. is running these ultra marathons, we're driving a car or riding a bike or just laying in bed. That's shocking news. And 
It's probably true. Anyways, uh, we got to get to, we got to get moving here. We are just dilly dallying, farting around here on the show. We got Ryan Venancio. Am I saying that right? Venancio? Uh, so it's Venancio. Venancio. Shit. Venancio, yes. I should have consulted the pronunciation before we went live with it. That's the risky take. You know, I'm willing to take a risk and make a mistake. I hope you're not offended. No, no. Teachers um, growing up butchered it way worse than that. <laughs> Oh, that's fun. I used to be a teacher, so maybe that makes sense. Although I was really good at nailing the names on the first try. Uh, I can't win them all, though. Venancio. Venancio. That's beautiful. What is that exactly? So everyone thinks it's Italian, but it's actually Portuguese. See, I didn't say that. I was curious. I wanted to know. I don't no, want to make no, assumptions. It's just every, literally everyone thinks it's Italian, which, I mean, makes sense. Uh, I considered the thought. I did, but I didn't say it. What about you, dear? What do you think it was? Uh, Italian. I, I made the assumption like a stupid, dumb uh, European male that moved to the United States 250 years ago. <laughs> you dumb European white male. Jeez. You'll never figure it out, will you? All right. <laughs> we're here with Ryan Venancio, and we're very much excited to talk baseball. But, of course, we got to get the business done here. we got to say thank you to everybody who participates in the show, makes the show happen. Without you, we would not have what we have. We really wouldn't. It would be bland and boring. I know that for sure. Ryan, are you a fan of the Flight of the Concords? Not familiar, no. Oh, okay. Well, they, uh, let's see. By the way, Deary, he's 30, in case you were wondering. So you would have been... I was not wondering, but thanks for the update. Well, we talked about it for the show. Thanks for making me feel old again, Michael. Well, no, he told us how old he was, and I told him I was 40, and then we talked about how we shared the same birthday. And point being is when the Flight of the Concords were big in, like, 2008, so you were, like, 17, 18 years old, right? I've definitely heard of them. Just never heard of them. This is oh. my first time here. Netball team practice. There's nothing good on TV. Mm. Conditions are perfect for making love. You turn to me and say something sexy like, I might go to bed after work in the morning. I know what you're trying to say, baby. You're trying to say, oh yeah, it's business time. Yeah, it's business time. We're not getting down to business. We're doing business. And the point being is we want to say thank you to our followers, our new followers. We love you. We appreciate you. It's been a wild ride. We've learned a lot from all of you. We want to thank Andrew Seifter. So Andrew Seifter does a show with Lauren Auerbach. And Lauren Auerbach is the new co-host of the SB Streamer Pod. And I learned all this today. Deary, did you know anything about this? I had no clue. Thanks for the update. That sounds like an exciting tag team matchup there. They're ready to win the internet, Intercontinental Championship. Yes. Uh, it'd be a big showdown. Uh, mega Powers, Mega Bucks. Uh, big, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Big showdown. Uh, Ryan, do you know Lauren Auerbach? Or I, Mr. Think she, I think she just followed me on Twitter, like, literally today. I have to yeah. check. There it is. She's um, making the rounds. Lauren Auerbach, yeah. She followed me, like, a couple hours ago. Hey, all right. Maybe she saw that we were going to have you on the show, and then she... That's how these things work. It's one domino after the other. Point being is, Lauren, thanks for following us. Glad to be following you and really excited for your content. I was not familiar with your show until today, so I apologize for not knowing it, but they do a show, her and Andrew, that's besides the SP Streamer show. It's 
the Rest of Season Rankings podcast. What do you think of the name? I think it's a pretty cool name, Rest of Season Rankings, because that's something that goes on all year long. Yeah, I take it. Is there anybody out there? You guys hear that? <laughs> because I'm so intense, I only need two minutes, girl. See, I was never, I was never into Flight of the Concords when they were big there in the 2000s. Like it just didn't hit me. But I, I think I'm digging it now that I'm 40. Oh, I missed yeah. out on the first wave. I'm, I'm in for the second wave. That's so good. Yeah, it's so funny. So 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 funny. A lot of funny stuff. Uh, so Andrew and Lauren, thanks for following us. We're glad to follow you. Also, Kyle Chappelle, thanks for following us. We're going to follow you right back at Chef underscore Chappelle. Now, that's S-H, not C-H. And then John Menino, 23. John, thank you so much for following us. Very, very appreciative. We can't do it without you guys. We love it. We love it. We love it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. There it is. And, of course, please sub the YouTube channel for the love of Christ or whatever you believe in. Sub the YouTube channel. Sub, 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 the YouTube channel. Sub the YouTube channel. Sub the YouTube channel. Please sub the YouTube channel. It's Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Utah. Give me two. That's it. It's really that easy. It's not complicated. We really want to expand. We feel like we do a good job here. We talk baseball. We have some laughs. We love music. We're very uh, an eclectic. We offer a lot of different stuff here. We can go in many different directions if it's needed. Isn't that true, dearie? We will go any direction that the audience dictates. So we'll see where we go tonight. I'm really excited about this. I am... Really, really apologetic to the Palazzo community for being 15 minutes late to this podcast. I had some internet internet issues. I was ready 15 minutes before this, and I just totally dropped the ball. So, you know, for a guy that just came back last Wednesday after missing like four shows, you'd expect I'd get it together. So, I really need to make it up to the Palazzo community. It's okay. I think you're gonna oh, be just you. fine. I'm glad. I'm I'm glad you forgive me, Michael. Of course I do. I always forgive. Uh, Ryan. Are you ready to get into it? You ready to dive in? Have some fun here? Let's do it. Yay! By the way, uh, the show is presented by Rotofanatic.com. I totally forgot to mention that. Rotofanatic.com. 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 Thank you very much. Let's get into leading off. Today, leading off, we want to give credit to Logan Gilbert. Good. Our first catch of the day. He's the catch of the day. Logan Gilbert had an outstanding start this week. Very exciting, too. Pretty much dominant. One damn, one hit. One goddamn hit. That's all that was given up, I believe. If I, I'm doing this off the top of my head, so I'll check the box score to verify. But Logan Gilbert was absolutely flawless against the New York Yankees. It was a day game. And it was in the Pacific Northwest. And... New York was probably like, I want to get out of here. Can we move on with our <laughs> lives? So I will <laughs> throw all that in there. Having said that, Ryan, what do you think of Mr. Gilbert? Is he somebody that has redraft value through the end of the season? And obviously he's a dynasty asset with a lot of potential. So I don't think we really have to verify that. Yeah, he's looked awesome. Um, but he have a couple few uh, few starts um, after his debut where he was like, okay, and you know, learning how to pitch in the majors. But ever since then, I saw someone posted his numbers in his last, I don't know, month and a half or so. He has like a 0.8 whip, like a 2 ERA. 
in the last 40 innings, something crazy. He's a stud. Um, and he might get – he might pitch more uh, deeper into the season than guys that – than guys like, you know, Julio Urias and Luis Garcia because he started in May opposed to April. So he may pitch all season for the, for the Mariners, which is huge in redraft. Well, that's a really great point. That would be a big, big boom for his value. Dear, what do you think of this? Logan Gilbert, I want to know, can I trust him by September? Because what Brian just told me gives me hope that Mr. Gilbert will be able to pitch, pitch, pitch until his heart's content. Yeah, it's tough. He's had an up and down season. Uh, obviously, there was a ton of excitement when he came up for the Mariners. But to, to Ryan's point, he's at 48 innings right now. Uh, he started 10 games. He, he's been knocked out early in a couple of games. His last start's been really good. What's been very, very encouraging for him is the guy does not give up the long ball. He's only given up a couple long balls so far this season. He's not getting hit terribly hard, and he's a young guy. It's hard to rely on guys that are going to be young. Think about, like, the Casey Mize, the Tarek Scoobles locally for us. It's hard to you know, rely on these guys, but he he's shown some really good starts. So I think you're going to have to pick and choose your spots with him. But the fact he's only at 48 innings, he's a guy who hasn't gone above 62 innings, so I don't see him going, you know, 150, 160. But you could probably get a good another 60, 70 innings out of out of him, maybe maybe nine, ten more starts, and that's going to get you to to basically close to the playoffs. But a uh, guy who can be a high strikeout guy, he did it all through the minors, hasn't really shown it consistently so far, but he had a really nice outing against the Yankees. So I think you're, you just got to pick and choose your spots with him. Guy certainly has the talent in a dynasty. You're scooping him up redraft. He could give you some value here and there, but I am excited about the future of Logan Gilbert. Genius, genius, genius. No doubt about it. Mr. Gilbert, a fine player. Uh, there's no doubt, Ryan, that he's an ace in the making. I think so. Um, a right-handed pitcher that has a wipeout slider throws 96. Yeah. If he develops third pitch, I think he could be an ace in the making. Yay! That is so fast. That's great news. Cool. Very happy to hear that. So Logan Gilbert, looking promising. Uh, going to be really difficult to pry him off of anybody right now, unless you're in a situation where you feel like you need some more parts going for it all, and you could sell Gilbert. But buying him will cost you. All right, let's talk all-star break strategies here. Real simple. I just want to give the audience, the community, the crew here, the Palazzo crew, anything and everything related to what to do with their teams. Whether you're in first place, middling, kind of hanging tough, you know, you're in the mix, way down there in the cellar. Uh, there's a lot of different type of leagues too. So let's take this from a roto perspective. If you are in 10th place and it's a 15-team league, you still have a realistic chance of winning. And is it context-based or is it just a superfluous effort? Is it pointless, Ryan? I don't want to give anybody hope that's undue, but I also don't want to lie to people. Sometimes a, a debt is too deep and you just can't dig out of it. What do you think? Um, well, it depends on the league. So I'm in a, I did a few Yahoo prize leagues. One of them's Roto. I'm in seventh out of 12. But... The thing in those leagues is that um, you get a games played cap. So I haven't been stuffing my lineup with players all year while the rest of the league has. So I have climbed. I was in 12th like two weeks ago. And every day I go play 11th, 10th, 9th, 8th because guys are slowly playing less players and I'm playing more players. Um, 
But in the case of like an NFBC league where that's not the case, being a 10th and a 15th, that's so tough to make up in 80 games. Um, Why? It's just so much ground to make up. I mean, you figure what's the first place normally in a league? Uh, 100 points, 105 yeah, points? Yeah, minimum, yeah. So 10th place is like 50. So if I have 52 points Maybe. in a 12-team league, is that bad? Like a Rotowire OC 12-teamer. So it's probably not good, no? Well, certainly it's not great, yes. But yeah, I was thinking that I could take a second-half push here. I mean, we got... The good news about Roto Leagues is that you still have all the full month. There's no playoffs, right? So you get to go all the way to the last game of the season, which still gives you what we have left in July, in August and September. So that's still, you know, it's like 80 days. I would... Um, do you get paid for third? Like, do they pay top three, <laughs> top four? Yeah, well, that's a good question. I've never. It's my first year doing that, so I have no clue. If anybody else knows, let me know. I would say if you're in tenth out of fifteen, maybe you punt a category to try to get to third. Maybe come in third, get your money back. Hey, that's a good idea. See, now we're talking, dearie. You just get your money back. If it's, it's not just about <laughs> getting the prize. It's not about getting everything. It's not about being a league winner or an overall champ. Sometimes it's just about breaking even. It's like hedging nothing. your. It's like hedging your bets, man. You're you're sitting down to watch a Michigan game. What do you do? You bet on Ohio State because you know Ohio State's going to win. But if Michigan wins, you're going to be super excited, and at least you paid fifty bucks for Michigan to win. <laughs> hmm. See, I think that I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I really don't. I respect that. I'd rather have something rather than nothing. So in the roto leagues, that helps. So when it comes to head-to-head leagues, now I. I find that the playoffs really put a death sentence a lot quicker on head-to-head. Right now, it's over for me in my home league. It's over. It's done. It's devastating. That's it. There's nothing, there's nothing I can do. It's too late in the season. In fact, I called it a month ago even. In June, I thought it was over because the playoffs in that league start the first week of September, and then it's over by mid-September or something like that. It's a lot shorter because people don't want to have those last couple weeks where, at least back in the day, more players came up. You had the the twenty seventh person now, right? It used to be twenty sixth person, or used to be forty man rosters. Now it's whatever the hell it is. I can't even keep track of it. I don't care anymore because it's not as cool as it used to be when all the minor leaguers would come up in September. But in head to head leagues, uh, what can we do here, Deary? What are the best options for going forward? Is it time to just turn it off if it's a redraft league with no keepers, or if it's keepers, obviously? <sighs> You I mean, try to buy. so a, a lot depends on how many teams are making the playoffs. If you're in a head-to-head, it's four teams making the playoffs, six teams making the playoffs. I believe if you're within 10 games of the playoffs, you still have an opportunity and you still have a shot. Uh, I was looking over innings pitch today of starting pitchers, and out of the 75 top pitchers in innings pitch, a majority of them are veterans. You have your outliers, you have your Casey Mises, which they are already on an innings limit. He only went four the other day. Uh, I was surprised Scooble did go six last night for the Tigers. There's a guy like Trevor Rogers in there who's never gone over 100, and he's close to 90 innings. But a good majority of these guys are going to get towards 180, 190 in terms of innings. And a lot of these guys that are studs play for play for teams that are going to be in the race. So they're going to need them. So I don't think in terms of the superstar veterans, there's going to be a cap on the limit of innings that they're pitching. The younger guys, like I had mentioned, there could be a cap for sure. But 
when, when you're in a head-to-head, I think there's an opportunity to scoop up guys that could s- be starting to get back to being healthy. The George Springers of the world. Um, think about Chris Sale. You might see Chris Sale here in mid-August. That could be a real nice playoff push. I I don't know what you're going to get from Sale, but the guy is a veteran. He's pitched in the league for a long time. He could be able to go out there for a really, really good Red Sox team and give you a five, six inning, scoop up a win, give you really good ratios. I think there is an opportunity to find guys in the market in terms of trades if you are in a head-to-head league where there's guys out there that really, really could help you out, and I think you could get on the cheap. Now, if you're in a dynasty head-to-head like I am where I'm kind of middling up right right on the cusp of, of being within within a chance to make the playoffs and almost being completely out of it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try to look at the guys that are keepable players, but I'm not targeting to keep. I'm going to try to ship those guys off to do two things. One, I want to improve my placement this season, so get someone who can be impactful now. And then also think about the future. If I can scoop up some other draft picks early on for next season, I'm going to try to do two things at the same time. So if it doesn't work out out where I scoop up a guy like a George Springer, like I talked about, if it doesn't work out, I have a guy who could be keepable. And maybe I am getting some other assets in terms of draft capital coming back. So even if I don't make the playoffs, I'm at least going for it, but I'm still setting myself up for next year. Child, please. Well, shit. All right. I dig it. Right, what do you think? Do you play any head-to-head? And if so, can you help us? I play in a few head-to-head leagues. I'm also in a head-to-head dynasty league, and I just I'm, I had so many injuries in the beginning of the year. I'm just tanking now. But um, you're you're talking in terms of like what you would do if you're well. In the bottom. I, look at this. Yeah, let me ask you this: If you are in a head-to-head league right now, where it's kind of over for you, or even if you're living a lie and you think you're still in it, it's probably over. I was thinking of selling guys like a Joey Votto. Joey Votto is 37, I think. Uh, he's not young, but he's still pretty productive. He's valuable right now. And I would offer him for a guy like a, someone who's coming up right now is making some noise, but still hasn't exploded so much. Where it's like, oh, this guy's, I got to keep him forever. A, a Luis Urias of the Brewers. Like, what do you think of that? Oh, yeah, I would definitely do that trade if I were you. That's like the perfect kind of dynasty trade if you're you know if you're out of it because Votto what is Votto going to give you one more good year Urias is 24 I think yeah he's close to it for sure if, if not yeah at most 24 and he has a skill set that I've always liked and it got off to a slow start he had the wrist thing last year I think it was and things got slow again here to start the year but he's really taken off and he's starting to show what I liked about him in the first place. Great plate discipline. But can also steal some bags. And he's offering multi-positional eligibility, which is fantastic. And in OBP leagues, I like him slightly more. OPS leagues as well. Yeah, and the Brewers are great at helping players uh, elevate the ball. So he's starting to hit home runs now. And really? Cut that strikeout rate. Yeah, yeah. Cut that strikeout rate a little bit. And he could be a, I don't know, 20 homer. Shortstop, second base, third base guy that's 280 maybe. Are you insane? No, I think that's really fascinating. Do we we know that about the Brewers? Like they actively don't all yeah. teams do that though? I mean the twins were known to, hey, let's pull the hell out of the ball. That's what we're gonna do. Well, some team philosophies, but you see a ton of I mean, how many players would be so much better if they didn't hit the ball on the ground a million times? Um <laughs> Yandy Diaz. Yeah, Juan Soto. Juan Soto would hit sixty homers a year. 
Oh, um, man. So sad. But um, no, the Brewers, I mean, look at Yelich. Um, his homers almost doubled <laughs> his first two years from the Marlins to the Brewers. Avisal Garcia started to hit more fly balls when he went to the Brewers. So, I, all right, okay, that's Adam. Keep... Adam yeah. I, I, I think it's a thing. It, it looks like a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Uh, Brian K. Rodman says, "Curious about James Caprellian's innings total." <gasps> oh, oh, spaghetti! Could be bad news. I think uh, he also got somewhat of a later start. What do you think about that, Ryan? Caprellian gonna be there when Logan Gilbert will be there in uh, September. Um, I'm looking at because I haven't, I don't have any shares of Caprillion, so I never really looked at his innings. Uh, but previous, you've been missing out. Previous innings max is wow, he's been injured a ton. <gasps> uh, he didn't pitch 2017 or 2018. I didn't even know that. Um, well, he is the best uh, Armenian player in the mix, <laughs> without a doubt. We learned that from our good friend Kev. Shout out to Kev I, out there. Yeah, Kev, how you doing, bud? Hope you're doing well. Miss you. I don't even know he was Armenian. That's awesome. Yeah, we learned that when we uh, did had Kev on the show. Yeah, look at yeah, look at look at the oh, innings. I, I mean, that's what that's what he's looking up right now. The, so his previous this guy has never pitched over thirty six innings. Well, no, thirty six in high A, and then twenty seven the same year. Yeah, in double A. Yeah. So and he's so at 50, he's, he's at fifty seven already. Sixty seven innings or his previous max. Yeah, previous probably. high. That's crazy. We're about there. Yeah, most projections have him a scotch underneath 100 for the season, and he's been really, really good for the A's. And the A's are in a situation where, like, they're they're gearing for the playoffs. This is a World Series contending team that has an amazing offense. And you had a guy like Jesus Lazardo who was supposed to be in that rotation, and it just did not work out. And Caprellian's been amazing. But how many innings are you getting out of a guy like this? I, I think if you have Caprellian, which I do, I'm going to maybe try to ship him off here and hopefully that someone can bite because I don't see how much he's going to be able to pitch come September and August. Mm. I think a, I think a good kind of trade would be maybe give up Caprillion for like Eduardo Rodriguez, Alex Cobb. Maybe someone freaks out about their five ERAs and they're, they'd be way better down the stretch. Yeah, a veteran that you know is going to be in that rotation come the end of the season for two playoff teams they are going to be in it. and Their start's going to be very important. For sure. What's up? Jasper Springer in the house. Evening, fellas. Glad to have you aboard. He has Caprillion on a keeper team. Good news for you, sort of. Ryan really appreciates the deep dive. So thanks, Ryan. See Brian and Ryan coming together with me and Deary on the Hey! It's a Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Don't forget, Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah. Twitter. Give me two. YouTube. Sub the channel. Twitter. That's where all of our business takes place. I'm at MJ Govier. G-O-V is in Victor I-E-R. B-E-N underscore baseball, Ven baseball for Ryan Venancio. And of course, C. Deary, 1999, dearly beloved. A sweet, sweet man. D-E-A-R, that is. Hey, Jasper. Oh, we got people talking to each other in the chat. That's what they're doing now. They do that. It's fun. It's cool when you have a show where people talk to each other in a chat. I love it. It's like a whole little thing we got going on here. It's just so cool. All right. Let's switch gears, as they say. Try to give you a few strategies. Uh, You know, I like to talk broad strategies, but... We could go on for an hour talking about all different formats and all the different levels of spots that you're in. But if you guys hit us up with emails or you tweet at us or DM us, we can talk specifically about your situations. Makes it a lot easier for us to help you out. And Ryan, I'm sure you're happy to do that, right? Yeah, anytime. See? Yeah, I mean, anytime. 
I knew it. I knew it was true. All right, Deary, been a while, but we're going to do an Enrico's Inquisition with Ryan. Isn't that fun? Sounds fantastic. It's been, yeah, it's been about a month since we did one of these. I think Kevin may have been our last one, so I'm ready to roll with this one. Well, the one to you know were Ryan yeah. a little bit. So you were in the basement when Brock was here last week. We had a really good one with Brock. I'm in the basement right now, too. <laughs> well, you, yeah, but you're not working and restoring. I'm not ripping up so. carpet from the great flood of 21. <laughs> exactly. Go talk. Yeah, we know that. Okay, let's get into Enrico's Inquisition. Bryce Harper or Lenny Dykstra? Bryce Harper. Oceans or lakes? Which do you prefer? Lakes. Oceans terrify me. Van Halen or Van Hagar? Oh, <laughs> Van Halen. Not Ooh. a contest. WW84, the movie, or Trevor Bauer? Trevor Bauer has more positive things going for him. He is a good pitcher. Oh, Nelly, get ready for some doozies, because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, Enrico's Inquisition. (laughs) That's right. Well, we could get right into music here with Ryan, and I could talk about it. But, well, you know what? I like (laughs) that. Shit, I don't know what to do here. This is a producer's decision. I should have thought of before the show, but we'll just fire up some Murder Mountain here. Get it rolling. With Sales Ahead, Ryan's band. With Sales Ahead, Ryan is the drummer. He's a kick-ass drummer. Let me check this out. It's insane. Very upset. Stops are tight, man. Really well done. Uh, this is Murder Mountain. Now, is this off one of the more recent albums or no? Because I'm lost. No, this is, this is just a single. So we did two singles after Morning Sun. Uh, this and Thanks. Fear and Loathing. We're working on a full, like, we're a on a full length now. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a, you can't see that. So. You, how do you put those videos in there? Because like I've always noticed that in songs, you could put like on Spotify, they have clips in the song. Oh, Sierra does all that. I have absolutely no idea. She's she's playing with a sword right now and she's running around. Uh, The The music video for Murder Mountain is pretty funny. Okay, well, anyways, uh, so with Sales Ahead, how did it come to that? Where did you go? How did you get there before that? What are your influences? I mean, what what kind of bands were you in before that? Fill us in. Tell us. So I was in a pop punk band with the guitarist of With Sales Ahead. Um, from maybe 2015 to 2016, 2017. I was in the band for about two years. Like and All American Rejects pop punk or like a... <laughs> No, like crappy, crappy pop punk. Like all the songs are, I didn't write the songs, but all the songs they wrote are about your friends and like <laughs> super cringy stuff. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, really cringy. Um, I left that band, and then my friend Joe um, joined with Sales Ahead with Sierra. And about a year later, I joined with Sales Ahead. Um, yeah, that's how that started. So I didn't, I didn't start with Sales Ahead, but um, right. my friend, yeah, my so my friend Joe got me in that. Uh, in terms of influences. Um, like my personal drumming influences or the bands? 
I'm more interested in what you think, uh, your own personal musical taste, and it could be drumming influences as well. But you can go in any direction you want. So drumming influences? Uh, I'm sure you've heard of Avenged Sevenfold, but have you ever listened to them? Yeah, I mean, I have. Uh, they never struck me. I, I never found a... I never hit a note with them, but their drummer I'm certainly was, familiar with them. Yeah, their drummer was fantastic. Um, he passed away in 2011, 2012. Um, so his, yeah, his name was the... Well, his stage name was The Rev. Uh, so he got... The he, Rev? Yeah, he got me into drumming. Uh, I played drums. He did? Really, yeah, because of him. And Travis Barker. I started drumming. There you go. The Travis Barker yeah. influences everyone. He's incredible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just watching him play. It's awesome. You were trying to play along to Enema uh, of the State? It's fucking tough, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's how I can play the up-tempo stuff, because that's what I started. I started with the Black Lady Nice. Yeah, that was his... Yeah. You know, I always wonder... I never knew the name of the other drummer who was on Dude Ranch, which was their blow up really dude ranch when we were teenagers dearie remember uh yeah 17 18 yeah. Yeah. what's that song called this damn and then where the state came out i believe uh the summer before i went to college you were already in your freshman year of college so yeah it that, definitely came that, out that's summer. when that blew up yeah it definitely came out in summer of 99. We were living yeah. at the Rot House in Ann Arbor and smoking weed in Dave's room every day on the five-foot bong. <laughs> and I remember the day the CD came out. We were, I was super yeah. excited. Absolutely. In fact, I can think of, uh, I was such a big Blink fan that when Enemy of the State came out, I remember when it came out. I was super excited, 99. And then in 2001, when Take Off Your Pants and Jacket came off, I was bought it that day, too. Those were, and that was, and then one more after that, the self-titled. And I kind of slipped after that. You didn't like self-titled? No, I did. I did. Oh, but okay. after, the self-title was my final, like, oh, it's out. I can't wait. And I, I remember driving to Charleston when I moved on my shit in 2003. That was great. Violence is a great song. Oh, my God. Watch, watching him play that live, he does, like, a little drum solo before that song live. It's awesome. Yeah, see, I actually, I don't know if I ever saw them with him because I saw them, like, twice in 97, 98-ish. And then that, that drummer who was on Dude Ranch left the band. I don't know what happened exactly. I forgot his name. His name is. Yeah, I, I don't. Do you, do you ever hear that guy's name? Because I have no. No, idea I, no, one. I have no clue. I mean, he was gone by the time bl they blew up, and uh, I, I think why you and I, Mike, kind of checked out at, at that kind of the self-titled album was because we got in early. We were in high school when you know Dude Ranch came out. I was you know sophomore or junior. You were a junior or a senior, and. We, we were in for three albums, and then by then I think we were in college and our kind of musical taste progressed on to other things. I think we're still excited, but like I think we were there from the beginning, and then I don't know if it's one of those things where it's like, oh my god, they sell, sold out or they got too huge, because like, they were still great, even though they were being played on like MTV, like TRL back then. Uh, oh, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah I, I think it was one of those things where like I just wore that band out for like five straight years. By the way, that guy's name is Scott Rayner. That one is long gone. I wonder what he's doing these days. Scott he's, an he's a fantasy baseball analyst down in, in Athens, Georgia. Well, uh, Scott Rayner's an American musician. He's best known as the original drummer of the rock band Blink-182. I wouldn't call them a rock band, but whatever. He's from Poway, California, and he's had a good life. He was on Dude Ranch, but his heavy use of alcohol caused tension in the trio. Hmm. 
leading to a fight that in turn led to his firing from the band midway through a 1998 tour. Henceforth, have a spark. Who was in Aquabats? That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. I think they were better off. Travis Barker's incredible. I mean, Travis Barker's had such a wild-ass life. Survived that plane crash. He was on fire. I mean, it's fucking nuts. And he's lived this whole life. Like He's lived like 10 lives, 50 lives. I don't even know. It's hard to even quantify it, but it's incredible. And now he produces. He produced Machine Gun Kelly's album. Um, So he's producing a bunch of albums. He's got to be making stupid money now. Yeah, you got to think like in the last 20 years, he's probably like the most popular, well-known drummer, rock drummer in the last 20 years, without a doubt. Like, I mean, how many other drummers can you name besides like the Foo Fighters drummer, Taylor Hawkins? But, you know, yeah, I was gonna there's, say, there's there's very few. I was going to say Dave Grohl. Yeah, it's Dave Grohl and Travis Barker. Well, I mean, for sure. Here, you're talking with two drummers, so we could probably go pretty deep on that. So you're yeah, digging I, a grave real quick. Though. <laughs> uh, but you're keeping the mainstream. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. In the mainstream. In the mainstream. I know uh, Ryan Horacio. Danny Carey. Well, yes, of course. We can go through the tool thing. I mean, Neil Perk's dead. No, those right? are the big. Yeah, well, but those are the yeah, big. Yeah, but when, last, when was the last time Rush was relevant? Come on. I understand Neil Perk's. Ten years ago, probably. Yeah, I mean, I saw him 10 years ago. <laughs> I never saw him live, so I missed it. Neither did I. Yeah, we blew it. We blew it, right? Uh, anybody else? Well, I mean, you were on a roll here talking about your influence. Um, honestly, anything progressive. Uh, there's a band called Periphery. They're like progressive metal. And um, you know, just listening to the way that they construct songs, it just opens my mind to try other things. Um, so that's kind of the direction I've been heading in try to just not play the same thing every song so you know let's try to get better every day the drummer's trap it's classic you always yeah. want to keep trying to do new things you you really you like that during it it's it I, play, I play the kazoo <laughs> well it's just okay I've, I've been in bands i mean you're in a real band right now i've played music with other people deary seen me play before it happened uh and you get every time you're writing a song, you're trying to, at least as a drummer, you're trying to think, like, okay, what did I do last time? I definitely don't want to do that. And we got to make sure that it's fresh and uh, maybe I'm going off beats and stuff. I don't, you just really, I don't want to try to outsmart myself. I just want it to be unique and have its own kind of style because I think people get this concept that anybody could sit down, a drummer could just be thrown in. Oh, there you go. All right, throw that drummer in and that's it. Who cares? Like, Spinal Tap, obviously, with the. The running joke kind of set the tone in pop culture world, but I think that there are absolutely, in fact, I know there are drummers that have a definitive tone. And with the passing of one of my favorite drummers recently, this is apropos, oddly enough, that we're having you on, because one of my favorite bands ever is Hum, and their drummer Brian St. Pair died last week at 52. You know, too young, 52 years old, and he was a huge influence for me. And I always knew when he was playing because he... Hum could have been a space rock drone band that just droned on for eternity. Just walls and walls of guitars droning on, which is fine by me. You know, I've been depressed before and I under, I, I like that kind of stuff. I like to chill out. But Brian St. Pierre cut that up. He gave it accents. And without them, they might have just been something we never even heard. I never heard about. So I, I really appreciate that. And... Uh, 
I know that. I'm sure that you do too. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear about that. Thing. Yeah, you know, it's a. Uh, I was hoping to. Fifty-two, way too young. Right. The pandemic was ending here, and I thought that I'd get a chance to see Hum again. Uh, I don't know if they'll carry on without him. They did replace him for a time in 2015, so I don't know. But anyways, this is not the Hum Show. This is a Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by Rotofanatic.com. And we're talking inside Enrico's Inquisition, Brian Venancio, who is Portuguese. Well, he has Portuguese heritage. I think he's American. You were a United States citizen? Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Now, you don't have to be. That was a weird question. Anyways, uh, uh, so... <laughs> so what else? So you love fantasy baseball. You love baseball. You love music. Uh, what else about you? What else do you spend your time with? What uh, encompasses you? Have you ever been stabbed or arrested? I've never been stabbed or arrested, <laughs> thankfully. Um, avoided that. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm a pretty big gamer. I um, haven't played anything crazy lately. I kind of just plan will be the show. Rocket League. Nothing crazy. <laughs> hey, John. John would love to play you in Rocket League. We should get John, dearie. <laughs> I was actually talking Rocket League with him today. Uh, it's been a couple years since he played. I went, I went golfing with him this afternoon. He's like, it's been a few years since Rocket League. I don't know why it came up. It's so funny it's coming up on the pod because I asked him like around like the 14th ball. I'm like, you still play Rocket League? He's like, oh, man, it's been years. <laughs> but it's still That's a so game, fun. though, right? Yeah, it's so popular now, too. Oh. It's huge. Yeah, I think John was playing in like the infancy of it. Now it's like online and there's tournaments and there's like big money to be win one. So uh What did it come out like ten years ago? It's amazing. Yeah, it's been yeah, I was for gonna, a while for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, I Sorry, what are you on the five or are you an Xbox Super Xer now? Where the hell what do you play? Are you a PC? I don't have, I don't have a PS five. I I just can't I'm not shelling out five hundred bucks right now. But, You're still um, stuck I, on the PS4, dude? What a loser. <laughs> I'm a loser that plays on PS4, yeah. <laughs> As am I. So am I. There's one sitting right here. I don't even touch it. I should... Someone wants to buy a PS4. It's a pro. It's ready to go. And it's hardly <laughs> hardly touched. It's fresh. Come by. Give me 300 bucks. Done deal. Everything. There you go. There you go. Little side advertisement. Uh, do you... To blow your nose with a napkin or paper towel. No tissues. Oh, gotta go napkin. Paper towel is too rough. Yeah, napkins could be, I don't know, pretty rough, can't they? Uh, I just, I don't remember the last time I blew my nose with a napkin or paper towel. Do you blow your nose every day or do you, are you pretty healthy? So, not every day, keep... no. Not every day, no. Good. That's good news. It sounds like you're pretty healthy. Uh, Jasper says, Slayer. Damn good influence on me. Hell yeah. Slayer, there you go. I I hear Slayer. Slayer I rolling. see the band name. I don't. still don't really know a Slayer song. Do you, do you know a Slayer song? I know one song, uh, Reign of Blood. <laughs> it's like their most popular song, only because I fuck around on YouTube enough that it just ends up in a playlist like i i get down the rabbit hole where i somehow end up in the heavy metal range and then somehow slayer comes up and i'll watch a like a live uh playing of the song and i'm like all right cool that was sweet but besides that don't know too much my uncle's a really big metal head and he's taken me to see slayer maybe like three or four times and it's every time he says 
Every time he says to me, each time you see Slayer, it takes a year off your life. <laughs> one year. <laughs> Just one year. I feel like at a Slayer show, there'd probably be a... Probably a lot of dicks there. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're talking Ryan Venancio here and Enrico's Inquisition. We're having some fun. We're talking about other stuff besides baseball. Sure, baseball's fun. It's a great game. But there's more to life than baseball. Um, have you ever played Wiffle Ball? Like a legitimate game of Wiffle Ball. Um, way, way too much Wiffle Ball. I really? probably could have been a professional Wiffle Ball picker. Nice. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, my brother can attest to this. We used to play with my neighbors. My, my, my friends from my baseball team would play. We had this whole, we had this whole setup in my backyard. I could throw a slider that probably broke 10 feet. And I'd throw like, I probably threw like, I uh, threw similar to Tyler Rogers. Is that the guy that throws submarine? Yeah. So I would throw like him and throw his crazy slider, rise ball, curve ball. And we used, we used softball wiffle balls. <laughs> Do you like one of those guys insane. on YouTube we or had something? Like, yeah, we kept, we kept, we kept track of stats. It was this whole thing. It was, it was awesome. Unfortunately, we stopped when I was. Uh, what was the last time I played wiffle ball? Probably when I was 22, 21. We haven't played in a really long time. Damn shame. It, is it taxing on the arm or the elbow to make that stuff, or is it easier? Cause Actually, it's not, not at all. Not at all, no. Huh, because it's got holes in it, and easier I, to... I don't know, but I could throw with... I, I'm sure some days we played all day and I threw 500 pitches. <laughs> what do you think of this like, comment here? New yeah, new suck. Ball, you, they do suck. It's like real baseballs. You got to get some dirt on them. Oh, shit. Them. <laughs> yeah, gotta, yeah, they don't, they don't move. Yeah, yeah, they don't move. They don't move when you get them fresh out of the box. God, they ruin every great game, don't they? Wow, that's a hell of a buzz. I got to tell you, I didn't know that that's a thing now with wiffle balling. I, have, I just asked a random question, and I've unleashed... Wait. No, it's so funny. My my brother is going to listen to this. He said and he's going to laugh when he hears. We're, we're, wiffle ball is like our thing. We went to the beach. We brought a wiffle ball and bat. We went to you know my uncle's house. We brought a wiffle ball and bat. We played with our cousins. It was insane. I do you know, miss it though because it's been years since I've played. You should play again. You get out there. Pandemic's over. You know, get out there and mix it up. I know these new balls suck. I hear rumors, but, you know, I think it still could be a lot of fun for you. What do you think? I'd probably throw three pitches and then my back would, <laughs> my back would start killing me. I love rumors. Uh, try to be 40, not 30. I, I don't know. We'll see about that. Uh, I've got to tell you this, though. Deary, we played a lot of stuff growing up. We did. Absolutely. Uh, baseball, football, basketball, hockey, everything. And I never played wiffle ball, really. Like, it just wasn't a thing. Like even as a littler kid, but like obviously like teenage when we were sixteen or seventeen, people who were that age, Ryan's age, he was playing at, at that age and beyond up until twenty twenty one. So this wasn't. A we thing played ever. if if we couldn't get out to a field, we played with tennis balls and yes, exactly. Yeah. We played in my backyard up against the back of the garage, which was just a big brick wall. We painted a strike zone in there, and we played. We played with a tennis ball. If you hit it to right field in the neighbor's yard, it was an out. 
if you hit the shutters <laughs> and the neighbors right across the street, you had to run inside because they come out and yell at us because yeah. we just terrorize them constantly. So there's there's definitely different strategies to when you did play that. But yeah, we played with, with a tennis ball because we couldn't play with a hard ball. We did have a baseball field within the neighborhood, but there wasn't enough kids that were good enough to play with a hard ball. So we played a lot with the tennis ball growing up. Damn right. Maybe that was a Michigan thing. I don't know, because that's exactly what we did in the backyard, too, because the hardball would break a window or something. And like, I oh, will play with the tennis ball. But a wiffle ball had no carry, so you still couldn't, like, I don't know. Yeah, and there, there's something to be said about playing in, like, a backyard. We have houses all over the place, and there's trees, and there are different, like, dynamics of things that you had to use for bases and what was going to be a triple over the clothesline <laughs> and the neighbor's yard. Backyard right. and what was yeah. over over the neighbor's house was going to be a home run. So it was actually kind of fun to play with those different dynamics of the way the neighborhood was set up. True. What do you that's think of this, right? Oh, that's the best part about it. My le our left field foul pole was a tree that had this enormous branch towards the top of it, and we had these crazy rules. Like it could go through the branch; it was still in play if it hit the <laughs> branch. Yeah, it was a foul ball. It's it insane. Wow, that's great. Yeah, life used to be cool. Sucks. Uh, we're actually still alive. We could do whatever we want, by the way. So I want to remind people, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you're alive and you can choose your own destiny. Don't let society get you down. Mike, do you that realize right that 1992 was 28 years ago? Oh, I sure do. It's 29 years ago. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier today. I'm like, man, that was a long time ago. I thought it was 15 years ago. I guess I was wrong. I was born in 91, so... Hey, all right, Almost man. 30 years ago. I was catching my... I just moved to my neighborhood in 1991 and where I stayed till I graduated in Heartland. Good old Heartland, Michigan. H-A-R-T-L-A-N-D. And O-E, by the way. H-A-R-T. Like Mike Hart. We found him earlier. Right? Yeah. And I moved there, and the first thing I did was I saw these guys through the tree line behind us. It was a subdivision, and... Uh, we were playing football over there, and I was like, God, I really want to get over there football. How can I do this? Nobody knows me. I do. Somehow I just kind of like stared at them halfway through the trees and long enough. They're like, hey, what are you doing? Uh, I don't know. football. Uh, can, I go? can I play? And uh, they let me play. And I was wearing my Batman shirt. Batman 89, remember? Because everybody had the Batman symbol shirt, right, Deary? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I caught two touchdowns, and I was like, I felt so excited. I was like, oh, look at me. That was a big moment for me. And, and then no one talked to you for the next 40 years. <laughs> no, no, they're out there. Hey, Gillardis, I hope you guys are out there living good life. I think they're, it would be, no, I don't want to make any assumptions about them. I'm just going to leave it at that. The dad had a produce truck. I don't know. They didn't seem like they could afford a house on a produce truck. I don't know what's going on for sure. There were some rumors, but we'll leave it at that. Let's not make any assumptions. They were good people. They were kind of dicks, actually. Um, so that's what I'm saying now is. Um, it's not. A, I don't know. We should leave them on the show. They don't even know I exist right now. Anyways, Manning going to be worth keeping in 2022. Oh, back to baseball talk. Come on, Jasper. This is Enrico's Inquisition. We're not talking real baseball yet, but uh, we could do you a solid because you're a fan favorite. You're one of our favorites on. The crew, tell me, Matt Manning, anything in 2022, Ryan? If you're keeping four or five guys, no way. Um, if it's a dynasty league, you're keeping like 25 guys. Yeah, you got to keep them. Theory? 
Yeah, it's tough. I mean, we've we've had the Motor City Bengals guys on, and they've been watching him all through the minors. And the big issue that he had this year in the minors, he was giving up a ton of home runs. Uh, the fastball's not going to blow you away. It's going to take him a couple years to figure out how to pitch and become a strikeout pitcher. The good news for Matt Manning is I really, really trust in Chris Fetter, the pitching coach for the Tigers. So I think True. he's going to be on the rise. It may take a couple more years till he really becomes a full-fledged major league starter. Go Tigers! Yeah, you said that before. You really believe in Chris Fetter. Chris Fetter seems to be pretty talented. So he did wonders with the Michigan pitching staff and the guys that made it to the majors. Well, at least in the minors, got drafted. So I hope you're right about that. But I'm way, 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 way down now on Matt Manning than I was six months ago. Because seeing him in action up here has been pretty shitty. That's it. Yeah, it's it's been underwhelming. He's not blowing anyone away, but... I'm not going to compare him to Justin Verlander, but you got to remember Justin Verlander's first year with the Tigers. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't strike anybody out. It took him two years. So, I mean, Manning, being as big as he is, he has the right makeup, but I, I feel like he just needs to rev that fastball up a little better. He needs to have some better secondary stuff for him to become a full-fledged ace. I think he's more of like a, a number four, maybe best-case scenario, number three right now. Good call, Ryan, on the... Yeah, I would not be keeping him. If I had 10 keepers, I don't know if I'd be keeping him, frankly. No, no, definitely not. (sighs) All right. Matt Manning, we wish you best. Where is your father, Rich Manning? He needs to save the day. Come in there and help him out. All right. Final question. Closing out Enrico's Inquisition for love or money? Given my current circumstance for money. Hey! All right! Money! There we go. That's an honest answer. It's good to see money win once in a while. Because love wins too often. We're sick of it. Too much love in this world. We need more money. You know what I mean? Definitely need more money. Damn, Skippy. All right. So, hey, it's Rico Palazzo, Fantasy Baseball Podcast, presented by RotoFanatic.com. I'm Michael Govier, at MJ Govier. G-O-V is in Victor, I-E-R on Twitter, at C-Deary, 1999. V-E-N underscore baseball. Ryan Venancio here. All three of us hot, cooking, tasty fantasy baseball chat. I love having fun with you guys talking life. Tio says five in the morning listening to Palazzo Pod. What's your excuse? Uh, well, I don't, what the fuck does that mean, Tao? I think it's cool as hell, but I'm down. It's five in the morning right now. Is that what you're saying? Wherever you are in the world, wow, forget this is international. It's so crazy. You could be anywhere. Tao, I have no where idea you? where five in the morning is. Is that like uh, Australia, maybe? No, that's not that. Look, it's ten. It's after ten p.m. Eastern time, dear. Let me help you out. It's it could be like oh, 5 it's, a.m. It's ten o'clock. Right I have no idea what's going on today. So it could be Europe, because six hours. When I went to Israel, it was six hours ahead, seven, something like that. So that would be blah, blah, blah. Uh, that would be five right now. Israel could be five a.m. So maybe Teo's in Israel, or maybe he's uh in Jordan or Syria or. Greece. I don't know. Tao, what up? Good to have you here. Jasper says born in 72. Jasper, you're old as fuck. God damn. 72, man. That's cool, dude. I respect that. You're still, he's on the internet. Jasper, on the internet, connecting. I love it. Well done. Brian K. Rogers says, get busy living or get busy dying. (laughs) Shawshank Redemption, you want to feel old again, came out in 1994. Yeah, that was like 10 years ago, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> I keep Henry's, thinking that the nineties were like 10, 15 years ago. They're not. <laughs> yeah, you're way I don't know what happened to you, buddy, but uh you got I told you, man, I don't remember the aughts. I have no idea what happened in the aughts. Yeah, that's when you lost your hair. You gotta remember that. I think you're that's blocking right. it out. Yeah. That is when you lost your hair. Oh. Correct. Uh, or at least you decided to accept your baldness, which is a fine way to look at it. All right, we're going to play a game. It's a fun game, I think, isn't it? It's called Name That Runner-Up Fabid. It's time to play the most ridiculous and pointless game that is sweeping the nation. That's right. It's time for Name That Runner-Up Fabulous. Wow. That music kicks ass. That song's still tight. I like it. Do, do you, uh, anybody? I know Ryan won't know it, but do you, do you know what that's from? That the dating game? Classic concentration? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's got to be a game show. I know. I mean, I've heard it a million times. I just can't put it together. Uh, it's oh, from, fuck. No. Hold on. From, hold uh, on. Give me a uh, minute. Card sharks? No. no Pressure luck? No. No. I'm thinking no. game shows here. You re- no, it is a game show, but you're you're going too deep. I, I res- that's amazing. What are, are those real shows, by the way? Card sharks? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Press your luck. I remember. Is that no whammy? I yeah. feel like that's no whammy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that what was from. It? That was from the one hundred thousand dollar. Oh, okay. Yep. yep. There you that's go. That's more of a seventies vibe. I think if I thought the song would give it away, it definitely yeah. sounds. Dick Clark. So, yep. Yeah. Teo says, we are closer to 2050 than we are to 1990. Let that sink in. Man, Teo, keeping it real. Thank you, Teo. Teo, go to bed. (laughs) $25,000 pyramid. I'm sorry, it's incorrect. It's the $100,000 pyramid, Brian. I apologize. Yeah, they they upped the ante in the uh, early 90s. Is it the $25,000 pyramid, uh, the $64,000 question, and then the $100,000 pyramid? Are those all different things? Because I I don't know. I'm lost, but... Anyway, we're here with Ryan Venancio, who doesn't even know what we're talking about right now, because all these games... You ever heard of any of these game shows? Oh, man. No, no, no idea what you're talking about. Like yeah, those are... This, that one's even before our time, like the $100,000 pyramid. It was like late 70s, early 80s, probably. Yeah, Jamie Farr's on every day. <laughs> no, that's Hollywood Squares. Yeah. All right. Oh, no, no you're was, right. They would have a celebrity that, on. Yeah. You're right, yeah. Yeah, they always had celebrities. And you would guess clues, because the summer would be like, uh, it smells like pickles. Uh, relish. Good, yes. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, anyways. <laughs> so it's... <laughs> oh, we're having a good time. Name that runner-up fab bit. It's a stupid-ass game that we always play, and uh, we haven't played it in a minute. And as we go into the All-Star break, this is a perfect time to play it. Ryan... We're going to show you how it's done. You think, I think you have a good handle on it already, but Deary, why don't you start it off for us? Name that runner-up fab bid. Oh, God. Uh, I actually re- are going to go back for the last two weeks because in the last week, there were only three bids that had runner-up bids. But I will go to the first bid, which is of last week. It's going to be Enrique Hernandez, uh, sometimes leadoff hitter for the Boston Red Sox. Kiki. Winning bid was $31. What is the runner-up bid? 
It feels like a 27. 27? Okay. Uh, yeah, we're locking in 27 here for Brian. What do you got there, Michael? I'm going to say a 12. Winning bid is $21. Not bad, Ryan. Right right up the alley. Pretty close there. So $21 was the runner bid there. Is he really worth that? Kiki Hernandez right now? I mean, he has moments, but have I been missing something? Is he on a roll? Weird, weird, uh, uh, weird week in Fab here in my TGFBI league. There was only four runner-up bids out of all the guys. There was tons of guys that people just got for free. I'll cut that grass for free. Uh, that's okay, right. that's interesting. All right, Ryan, so you see how it's played? you want to take a stab at it? Yeah, um, so this was in one of my dynasty leagues. Uh, Matthew Liberatore went for 287 out of 1,000. Um, what was the runner-up for that? Wow, that's tough. That's a big number. Why, first off, why was he available? Uh, is it a dynasty league? It's, it's I- only a 12-team league. I was pretty surprised oh. he was dropped. I was pretty surprised he was dropped, too. Okay. Yeah, that is surprising. By the way, is that spelling or not the spelling, but the pronunciation? Is that correct? The Libertor? Because I've always wondered. I've been saying it a lot of different ways. I honestly don't know. I'm saying Liberatore, Liberatore. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Liberatore. That's awesome. Thank you for finally clearing that up because I've been wanting to know for a while. Anyways, it has nothing to do with this, but it has been on my mind. Uh, there a liber. There it is. This is from Chris Marr, our old pal. Chris Marr from Baseball Pods. Chris gave us the pronunciation guide preseason, and it's been a godsend. It actually is liberator. Well done, well done, Ryan. You nailed it, my friend. Uh, I'm gonna say you said it was what 287. 287. Yeah. Damn. Shitload of money. Uh. I assume there was going to be high bidding here because this guy, people would want him. He's still young. There's a lot of opportunities. The Cardinals system. I'm going to say 253. I'm going to go with 138. Hmm. So the runner-up bid ended up being 10. Wow. <laughs> See, when you get big numbers like that, you have no idea how, how high it's going to go. And Zach's going to get mad at me, but that was uh, Zach Breff. Zach, I haven't um, talked to Zach in forever. So, Love Zach. Everyone was giving him shit. Well, Zach. Like, oh, well, oh, well, at least you got your guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And, Zach, you spent your money. You got to spend money to make money, my friend. That's fantastic. Good to hear of that. Zach is alive and well, by the way. I've not talked to him in a minute. That's a fun little quinky dink. I love Zach. Zach has been on the show before. He was actually one of the early guests. Oh, that's awesome. I think he was guest number two. Second guest ever after Mike Curlin. All right. Is it whose turn is it now? Did I go yet? No, I didn't go, did I? I will go. Let's go back to my uh main event league. And which I uh you know I've been battling, hanging tough. Not god awful. Um I think it was in ninth yesterday, so it wasn't like I'm in last. Um, it's been a struggle, but uh not it's not over. Not over yet. Anywho. In my main event league, there was somebody named, waiting for the page to load, sorry, Heath Hembury of the Cincinnati Reds. Heath Hembury went for $33. $33. Deary, what was the runner-up bid? 
This one's tough. He scooped up a couple saves last week. Obviously, the Reds bullpen is a fucking disaster mess. Like, I don't even know what they're going to do here. This is a team that's four games above 500, trying to be in it. I'm vamping here because I'm trying to figure out what the real bid is here. What would you say, 44? 33. 33? I'm going to say 11. Ryan? I'm going to say 4. Oh, not bad for both of you. The actual runner-up bid for Heath Hembry in my main event league was nine dollars. Nine, not right. bad. That's pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Uh, let's do one more round of this. So, who are we go back to? Uh, Deary, it's your turn again. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Let's go back to that disastrous Cincinnati Reds bullpen. Let's go with Amir oh, Garrett that has a mountainous ERA of close to seven. Uh, he strikes people out, but he gives up too many hits, walks too many people, and gives up the super home run. Winning bid was $43. What was the runner-up bid for Amir Garrett? We'll go over to Ryan first. We're going to get all in your face and point out your faults. Um, let's go 41. Thirty-two. Close, Mike. You're ten off there. Uh, runner bid was twenty-two dollars for Amir Garrett, which I imagine he will probably be back on the waiver wire next week because that's just kind of what you get from Amir Garrett this week. Oh well, that's no fun at all. Ryan, give us one more. All right, the last one was in my second chance league. Uh, Didi Gregorius was available. And he was scooped up for one fifty. So, do you still get a thousand dollar budget on a second chance league? Still get a thousand dollar budget, yeah. Okay. Hmm. One fifty. Yeah. Seems like a lot. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say it's a uh, seventy three. I'm gonna go with sixty eight. It's fifteen. Hey, okay. Well, at least we were going crazy lower. bids. Wow. Yeah. That is. That is bonkers, man. I'll tell you what. Damn! All right. And finally, I'll close out this segment with my final selection. And let's go to my tag team league, which I do in partnership with the great Eric Cross, one of the finest men that ever lived and still to this day is an outstanding human being. I would like to choose uh gavin sheets gavin sheets was a hot name for a moment for the white Sox. 23 dollars was the bid in our tag team league 23 dollars deary what was the runner-up bid eight ryan uh, i'm gonna say 11 actual retail price 20 th- oh 16 dollars yay woohoo $16 for Gavin Sheets. What a moment. What an exciting time. Isn't that fun? He did it. That was named that runner-up fab bed. That was fun. I really enjoyed that. We had a great time doing that. We hope you enjoyed it. We try to give you what you want on the show. We talk fab. We talk everything. We talk baseball, 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 fantasy baseball. It's the Hey Rico Cuato Fantasy Baseball Podcast. That's what we do here. It's we appreciate your time and energy. We are going. Oh, hey, Graham, my guy. Graham, what's up, buddy? Hey! Depends on where Liberator family is from. Libra Tauri. If no Italian heritage. If Italian, Liberatore. Okay. 
Thank you, Graham. Graham's going to be on uh, with us probably next week. Uh, I, I'm not sure how it's going to work out, but he's going to be aboard. You can hear him on Zach Waxman's Draft Champions podcast. He's also known as Trip Boat Captain on Twitter. You can follow Graham on Twitter. He just got married, so give it up for him. He is a married man now. What a lot of fun that is. Woohoo! Yippee! You're married! All right. So now, where are we in the show? What happened? Um, oh, yeah. So this is something I think it would, I thought it'd be fun to do. And we haven't done this in a while, dear. I think maybe we did one round of it after the season started because it was just fun to kind of bring it out. But it didn't really fit the profile of the show anymore because we were in season and we were trying to react to what was going on and also apply data and analysis to the following week. And the weeks to come, the months to come, and now we're in mid-July almost. And, you know, I guess it's time for us at the All-Star break to take stock of things. Slow down. Close our eyes. Well, you don't have to close your eyes if you want to. But we're going to do uh, some second-half predictions here. Now, doesn't mean that we know exactly what's going to happen. And, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just for fun. But we're trying to give you guys at least our point of view on what we hope will happen because... Shit, man, this stuff, uh, you just never know. You never know what's going to happen. Players, they get hurt suddenly at a record pace this year, too. I mean, the injuries have been utterly insane. And sometimes a guy loses his job and you know, he gets the yips. It happens, right? Isn't there somebody with the yips right now? Who's got the yips? Doesn't someone kind of have the yips? Yeah, I'll mention it once we get into this. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I'll... I'll wait then. So, okay. the, hey, it's Rico Palazzo, Fantasy Baseball Podcast, presented by rotofanatic.com, presents to you for the first time in many moons Insane Fantasy Takes! Insane Fantasy Takes! Why are you taking that player? Insane Fantasy Takes! Why are you taking that player? Ah, it's good to be back. Yes. Okay. Uh, Deary, you seem motivated and excited. Why don't you go first? <laughs> okay, I will go ahead and go first. Uh, I'm going to head back to the Cincinnati Reds. We just talked about them with Amir Garrett and Heath Hembry. I'm going to go with Eugenio Suarez is going to have a really big second half. He has 17 home runs right now. This is a double dip here. He is going to finish the season with 42 home runs, and he's going to bat 230. So he's batting 177 right now. He's got 17 home runs. He's got 49 RBIs. He's on pace for over 90 RBIs. He's for playing for a team in the Reds that they're four games above 500. You're having career seasons from Nick Castellanos, Jesse Winker, Votto's healthy has been able to help them out lately. This is a guy who has been a stalwart for them for the last few years. And I feel like if you dig deeper into his numbers – so many things are very similar right now. His strikeout rate is right on par with what he's done the last two years, 28, 29%. He's going to do that. Think about back in 2019, he hit 49 home runs, had 103 RBIs. I think overall this Reds offense is even better than it was two years ago. So the strikeouts are going to happen. He's going to strike out a ton. Now, his fly ball rate has gone down a little bit. He's hitting more ground balls than normal, but I feel like this is going to change in the second half. He's starting to heat up a little bit. He's been consistent over the last few weeks where he's actually playing every single night. He's played 83 games so far, so he's only missed a few games. He's been healthy this season. 
which in the last couple of years, like last year, he sat out a little bit, sat out a little bit in 2018, fully healthy in 2019. So the guy is healthy. I think midsummer in an amazing par- ballpark like he plays in, he's going to go on one of these streaks where he just starts bombing it out of the park. And I think it's really going to happen for the Reds and it's going to happen for him. He's a guy that nobody's been able to kind of get rid of him in terms of fantasy because the value was never there this season because the batting average has been down a ton. Be patient with him. It's going to come around. I think the home runs are going to start coming in bunches, and he's going to end up with 42 home runs, and he's going to end up batting 230. The guy's a career 253 hitter. 177 is absolutely atrocious. I don't believe in that continuing throughout the season. I don't believe in the 202 from last year. I believe in the first four years when he was in Cincinnati, when he was a 260, 283, and 271 hitter. So that average is going to jump up, and he's going to start putting it out of the park. I believe in Eugenio Suarez having a really, really big second half. Insane fantasy takes. All right, Eugenio. Shortstop, Cincinnati Reds. Ryan, would you like to go next? Do you feel comfortable? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, All right. I'm going to say that Ozzy Albies has a second half similar to what Alex Bregman did in 2019 and finishes as the top fantasy second baseman and becomes a first-round pick for next season. Insane fantasy takes. Hell yeah. Now that was right to the point. No fucking around. Well done, sir. I mean, Albies is starting to go on a tear. He started off slow. He's been killing it, hitting home runs, stealing bases, doing everything, scoring runs. It's... It looks like it's going to be nothing but, you know, smooth sailing the rest of the season. Yeah, and as, I'm pretty sure as of the other day, he led Major League Baseball in RBIs, batting That's behind crazy. Freeman and Albies. And since June 1st, this was his big issue. Since June 1st against right-handed pitching, he's hit 281, 340, 552. His career versus right-handed pitching, he's 250, 316, 440. Um. You know, as a switch hitter, he's only well, – he's pretty young still. So maybe he's just, you know, refined his left-handed swing. If he starts – if he keeps crushing righties, I think he's a legit superstar. Wow. That would be crazy. If he's a superstar – if you got Acuna, Freeman, Albies, it's like three superstars in that lineup, Dansby Swanson will never – he'll never progress to that level. Not going to happen. Probably not, no. Yeah, but probably. Probably not. Yes, you are. I mean, Ozzy's only 24, dearie. 24. Seems like he's been around for three years. Yeah, he got off to a really, really slow start, and a lot of people panicked. But I, I believe in that bat. It, it, it's power. It's speed. And it's so amazing that the Braves are not running away with that division because they have probably the most talented team overall. They've dealt with some injuries in the pitching staff. And, you know, Acuna, Freeman, and Albies have been great down season for Dansby right now. I feel like they're going to be making some moves here in the second half to compete in the NL East. Dansby Swanson. All right. It's time for Michael Govier to say something. I'm going to go, and I don't know why I'm doing this, but, you know, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker. Sucker for cornrows and manicured toes. I'm also a sucker for Hunter Dozier. Yeah, Hunter Dozier. I just don't... I don't think he could be any worse. So this is a, not a matter of <laughs> a guy who's going to show signs of life here. I just don't know how he could be this bad. And I feel like hitting 174 for the rest of the season seems unlikely with the 241 OBP 
Seems low, right? And I just don't think he'll end the season there. Now, I'm not saying that means he'll... I mean, he could end the season with a 300 OBP and to be like, wow, he really improved. Because he's already had 270 plate appearances. But I just... They signed him that contract extension coming into this year, and I know that they believe in his bat, that he's a better player than this, and he should have more steals. He has one steal this year. I think there should be 10 steals possibly. He's only got caught stealing once, so he's not even running that much. I I don't know what's going on here. He stole four in the limited season last year, the Bozo season. So Hunter Dozier is a guy that can only get better from here. Still plays outfield and third base. I like that. Multi-eligibility, especially with all the injuries. You can slide him in. Very, very fluid. And he still stings the ball a bit. So, eh. it's not the most ringing endorsement, but I, I just don't think he's that. He's not this bad. And I believe in what the Royals do, very much so. So, I'm saying Hunter Dozier is going to have a nice second half that I expect him to Borderline cracked 20 homers at least this year. He has eight right now. I think he could get to at least 20 homers by the end of the season and get that batting average up to 240, which would be fine. But the OBP, more importantly, if he could get the OBP to 330, that's what I'm shooting for. That would be amazing. So I definitely think he can do that. That would obviously mean a, a hell, a really rock-solid second half based on the numbers he has right now. So there it is. That's my insane fantasy take. Hunter Dozier, decent baseball player in the second half of 2021. <laughs> Well, that's not the right button at all, is it? We're not going to... He doesn't play at Bush. Uh, there it is. Insane fantasy takes. All right, Deary, we're back to you. Top of the board. Yeah, so there's two guys I'm thinking about right now, but I'm going to go with what might be less obvious, and it's going to be Gliber Torres. Gliber Torres has had just a putrid season so far, and this actually stems back to last season. So over his last... 464 at bats. This guy has six, please. six home runs. In 2018, he had 24 as a rookie. 2019, he had 38 as a rookie. What's confusing to me is it's not like the launch angle has gone down a ton. It's not like his hard hit rate has gone down. His BABIP is actually exactly where it was. I think he's just hitting more line drives. And what's really stifling this season, it seems like he's healthy for three weeks. And then he tweaks something and he has to sit out a game or they pull him out for, you know, a weekend series. So he's played 74 games so far. It seems like he's just missing games here and there. He just hasn't gotten to his, into his groove. This guy's a solid player. He's betting 236 right now. He's a career 264 hitter. But the big attraction for Gliber Torres is the fact that he plays in this amazing lineup that we thought was going to be top of the heap over there in the AL East, and it has just not happened for the Yankees. I feel like Brian Cashman's going to go out and make some moves, bring in some offense, because amazingly the offense is what has not been very solid this year, even though most people have been healthy besides Gliber for about 10 games this season. But I think Gliber is going to start to pick it up. He's going to have a good second half. He went five or six a couple days ago. I feel like he's going to start putting it out of the park. The Yankees are going to go on a little bit of a run here. I think they're still going to end up a little short and be behind the Red Sox and Rays. But I expect Gliber Torres and several other guys from the Yankees that could be healthy moving into this second half to have a real big July and August. And if you have Gliber Torres in your team, I, I we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I've been sitting Gliber. I'm just kind of waiting for him to start to get hot. There's If you look deeper into the numbers, it, it feels like, 
not too much is changing. He's gotten a little bit unlucky, but I feel like in the park he plays in, he's got the power. He's only 26 years old. I feel like he's due to get going in the second half. And I think look for 15 to 17 home runs from him in the second half. And he really helps boost your team. Insane fantasy takes. Well, I wish you good luck with that one. Gliber. Might look like he's lost forever, but I guess you could say that about a lot of players who look like they're lost right now. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll wait that one out. Ryan, let's go back to you, my friend. Ryan Venancio joining us here on the Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by rotofanatic.com. MJ Govier, CDRE1999, BEN, then underscore baseball. Those are our Twitter handles. Uh, so this one might be a little crazy, but uh, I'm going to say Zach Wheeler wins NL Cy Young. Um, <laughs> I no think, shit. Yeah, I don't know if DeGrom's going to hold up for the next three months. I hope he does. I really do hope he does. He's having like the best pitching season of all time. But if you look at how many more innings he's thrown than DeGrom already, um, if DeGrom misses another month, I think it's Wheeler's um, award to lose. Hmm. Insane fantasy takes. I was- Why you taking that player? Thank you. I would love to see Zach Wheeler has really impressed me this year, and I want to give him full marks, full credit for what he has done. He has really shut me up. He shut everybody up. He has become an absolute ace of that team beyond Aaron Nola. It's not even close right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Wheeler's been unbelievable. Um, I think in terms of pitcher's war in all of baseball, Wheeler's number two, only behind DeGrom. And it's not that far. He's not that far behind. Dear, we always knew that Wheeler could do this, right? That's why yeah. he, we always loved. People were tantalized by his talent, and it was always short, short, short. It never seemed to come all together. It seemed like the strikeouts, like the stuff was there, but it never delivered into strikeouts. But now it has. It's delivered into dominance, strikeouts, limited hard contact, everything. Well, it was just always a hot name when he was with the Mets. I mean, just I remember playing fantasy four or five years ago, and it seemed like that guy was being traded left and right where everyone was just expecting to him for him to turn into the stud. But what you were getting at the time was a guy who could eat up innings. You know, he's gone over 180 innings three times since 2014. Obviously he had some injuries. So he sat out a couple of years, but the, the thing that really turned people off from him is he wasn't a high strikeout guy and he walked a lot of guys, but what's happened here in his second year in Philadelphia with the Phillies He's now at a K per nine that's close to 11, and he's walking the least amount of guys in his career. And that's why he sits at a 2.26 ERA. I don't think it's an insane take to say that he might win the Cy Young. Now, I think it's going to have to take the Phillies to win that division for it to happen. But who knows what's going on with DeGrom in terms of, you know, he's had a little bit of laboring issues in terms of, you know, the shoulder or the, or, or the arm where he, he he's had to skip a few starts here. Obviously, he's putting up an insane, insane season. But you look deeper past the wins and losses with Zach Wheeler, and he's putting up an absolute stud season this year. Top 10 fantasy player without a doubt. Good for you, Mr. Wheeler. We're so proud of you. You're going to take a lot to overtake DeGrom, like Mr. Venancio said. I, It's going to be a hell of an effort to make that happen. But it'd be cool if it did. I, I think that would be cool. It'd be a fun story. And the Phillies still have to put it all together. And with Glass Joe leading the way, I just don't know if that's the case. Sorry, Philly fans. Uh, a couple of our dedicated crew members here want to chime in on their second half 
insane fantasy takes. Lindor. Dashford loves Lindor in the second half. Everybody would love Lindor in the second half to be wonderful. I don't know <laughs> if he's going to be. I mean, he got uh, heated up in June, and now in July here he's kind of cooled off again. So, I don't fucking know. I have no clue. <laughs> Jasper Springer says Cedric Mullins, Trey Mancini. Well, those are two Baltimore Orioles, which is fun. And Mullins, to be <laughs> any more than he's already been in the second half would be... I mean, it's already been gravy. Where you got him, how you got him, very likely, very cheap, and he's blown that out of the water. I mean, he's better. his numbers are better than Christian Yelich's. So he has become this incredible hitter this half, and I wonder if we'll see a pullback or not. Uh, any worries about Cedric Mullins in the second half, Mr. Venancio? I really like, even if he you know regresses a little bit, he's still a yeah. leadoff hitter for a decent offense and plays in an amazing home park. Even Especially the summer. in general. Yeah, at least in general, is a great place to hit. So I, I'm i really curious as to where he's going to go in drafts next year because he's – like, what if he goes 30-30? Like, where yeah. is he going to go? It's crazy. Cedric yeah. Mullins, who the hell would have thought that? I mean, people drafted Kyle Tucker borderline top 30, hoping to get 30-30. So it, would, it could be that high. I mean, he could be climbing up to the top 25, top 30. Which would be no? Would you take Cedric Mullins? Let's say next year he's sitting there at twenty nine. You take it, Cedric Mullins. I just think there's some. Uh, oh boy, I, I like it. I believe in what he does. They liked him for a while. When I lived in Baltimore, I learned a bit more about him, and he kind of supposed to make some more noise in twenty nineteen, and he kind he didn't. Now he is. So what I'm doing here is going around your question, and uh, I I wouldn't I I would love to have him, but I just I, just like a Rose Arena coming into this year was he was in the 50s roughly ADP of 54. I, I wasn't buying it. I, I didn't do it. Hell, I didn't even do Vlad very much, and his ADP was around that as well. So, so I guess the answer is no. It's like with the Rose Arena, it was such an inflated you know, ADP, yet he's had a solid season, just not where he was being drafted. It's so almost a couple rounds back, but it, it just kept inflating over and over after, you know, we had an amazing playoff with the Rosarina. I think Mullins, I mean, you're going to see this for a full season, and I think you probably could see him as a top 45, top 50 player next year. I'm probably not grabbing him that quick because I, I, I'm i nervous. But, I mean, that guy's a young player. I would not be surprised if he can repeat this in a park that he plays in, a, a young offense that is starting to put it together. Ryan Mountcastle's had a really great last couple months. Um, you're going to see some of the younger kids coming up, and it's a great ballpark. So, I mean, it may not be too far out of the stretch of the imagination that he could be a top 60 player next year. Ah, okay. I think it's my turn, I believe. Am I up there? That's what it is. Yes. I I believe that Dylan Moore will pick it up in the second half. Uh, he was injury hampered in the first half. He's been back for a bit now to uh, hit a home run yesterday. You know, or was it? Yeah. What day is this? July 9th? Where are we? Where are we? Yeah. It was yesterday. Hit a home run yesterday. His average is still at 180 and his OBP is at 273. Those are shit numbers. Again, a guy I just don't believe is this bad. So I'm buying into players that don't suck this badly. Now, he might never hit for a high average, but his OBP should be a little bit better. I expect him to get on base more. I liked his plate discipline skills last year. Uh, I do realize he does struggle 
with breaking stuff. You know, he loves to sit on fastballs, and I think the league is uh, adjusted to some of that. But still rips the ball. He's got. He's going to get the opportunity to play. That's the other key thing here. Seattle will move some pieces. Even though they're hanging around, they're not you know, They're not going to win anything. We know that. I love the Mariners. They're a fun team. But Dylan Moore is going to get to play every day. Uh, I expect some guys to get shipped off. Uh, hell, maybe he'll be one of them. But I don't think he will be. But he could be. I, I'm, that might benefit him in a way as well. It's going someplace else that's more of a friendly hitter's park. In the end, the numbers are what they are and I, I don't know I can't really give you a peripheral case here that says you know what I'm seeing recently is that uh you know he's barreling the ball a lot more and for the first time in a while you know his max EV has exploded and his expected batting average is way too low and level you know I could say all that shit but I'm not going to do that right now because I don't care I do believe that just strictly because he can't be this bad and this is how baseball works this is how sports work you're either bad and you're out of the league you're a quad a player so bye bye you're not going to be here anymore. Or the organization knows you're better than this, and they're going to stick with you. So Dylan Moore, to me, is one of those guys. Plus, he steals bags. because So when he sucks, he still gives you steals. And that's a nice little thing to keep you, you know, hanging in there. A little piece of a carrot lightly ahead for you. So, yeah, Dylan Moore. I think we're going to have a nice second half here. Stick around for it. Insane fantasy takes. All right, let's do one last round, and we will end the show and move on with our lives. Deary, final round. Begin. Yeah, so if this guy is not on your roster right now, he he may be on someone else's roster, or he may be floating around in maybe a bigger owner league. Let's say you got 14, maybe 16 leagues, players in your league. This guy is going to have an insane second half. And I'm talking about Eduardo Rodriguez of the Red Sox. So there's something fishy going on when you look at his peripherals here. So he's pitched 89 innings. He's a guy who has been a horse in the past. Obviously, he had that scare last year where he was very, very ill. This is the highest rate he has struck anybody out in his career. This is also the lowest walk rate he has ever had in his career. Now, he's giving up some home runs, which has been tough. But here's where he's getting a little unlucky. He's got a 361 BABIP, career 306. So that you've got to believe that's going to go down. His left on base percentage is at 64%. That's down 13% from what he did last year, 10% in his career. Sitting at an ERA of 5.52, but looks at, look at his FIP and XFIP. His FIP is at 3.65. His XFIP is at 3.38. Now, you look at his last three starts, five innings against the Angels. Now, he lost, didn't walk anybody, struck out five guys, got the loss, gave up a few runs. Against Oakland, pitched really solid, went six innings. Against the Yankees, went six innings. Against Tampa Bay, went six innings. So that's four teams that have really solid offenses, and he struck out five, six, eight, and seven while keeping that walk rate down. I think he's playing for a team that is competing to get to the World Series this year. The Red Sox have really stunned a lot of people in the AL East. And this guy is a workhorse. He's a strong left-handed pitcher. I think he's going to have a really, really solid second half. And I believe in Eduardo Rodriguez. I think you can get him on the cheap right now. That whip is sitting at 1.37. I think that's going to go down. He's given up too many home runs. Hasn't been walking guys in the last couple of weeks. I think he has a really awesome second half. The strikeouts are there. So I think he just needs to create a little more weak contest, contact. But I think Eduardo Rodriguez is set up to have 
14 to 15 more starts. And I have a feeling he might win eight or nine of those games for a Red Sox team that is probably going to compete for that division with the Rays. Mm. Insane fantasy takes. Beautiful, dearie. Well done. All right, Mr. Venancio, your final selection for Insane Fantasy Takes, second half edition, post-All-Star break. I'm going to say that Anthony Bender gets (laughs) 15 (laughs) saves the last three months of the season. Insane Fantasy Takes. God loves Anthony Bender. I see you on Twitter, man. You've been talking about Bender for like the last seven days. (laughs) Bend, Bend it like Bender. You know, one thing about you is you're really consistent with your messaging on Twitter. You'll talk about a player, and you'll keep pushing that message for like a week straight because not everybody catches the tweets every time. So it's very helpful, and I catch all of them for some reason. So the Keston Hero stuff, that went on for a while, and then the Bender stuff we're on to now. So I kind of keep up on all of your – you go on these uh, discover something, right? Yeah, yeah. I I did the same thing with Harold Ramirez. I kind of just try to – I don't know. Keep tabs yeah, he's on the player. Down a little bit. That's been a bummer. Yeah, yeah. But I, I liked him. I, I liked him. Yeah, yeah. I like him. No, I just I don't know. I guess I don't just like you know tweet about someone and then move on to the next guy. You know, gotta keep tabs. <laughs> next, next. Gotta, we want more. Next. Gotta keep tabs on everyone. Yeah. No, it's great. I uh, commend you for that. I love it. I dig it. I like your style, dude. And. Awesome. My final choice. Now, this is hard. I was thinking between two guys, and they're both kind of veteran players. Um, but I'm going to go with Tim Anderson. I think Tim Tim Anderson hasn't been god-awful, but he, I really think there's more to offer. I seriously thought he could be an MVP borderline candidate, the best shortstop in the American League. And defensively, he's been amazing. And when I, somebody did a tweet, it was a White Sox, a pale hose aficionado on Twitter yesterday, I believe. Said the debate was over between Javi Baez and Tim Anderson because Javi Baez has 15 errors and Tim Anderson has six. And if you put their offensive numbers in play, it's not even close anymore. So, yeah, I believe that Tim is the better player. But fantasy-wise, I think there's more power there. We saw some pop last year, and I was expecting the power to kind of continue into the season. And we haven't haven't quite seen that right now. But the way he's consistently hitting the ball still – I expect if he can get that lift going, if he chooses to do that, which I guess maybe based on what I'm seeing in the profile, it looks like he's just not catching the brakes. Then again, I could be a fool. You know, I, I try to I try to read the tea leaves and give you guys as much information as I can, but you know, I'm not a not a soothsayer. Do you Mike, do you think it hurts him that he leads off? Like his approach is different because he's a leadoff hitter, so he's not getting that kind of lift in his bat for a guy that does have power. I mean, he doesn't take pitches. He's a free swinger, high bat bip guy. But do you think his approach would be different if he batted like third or fifth? I guess Larusa's probably shoved it down his throat because you're right. I mean, his launch angle is three. It's dumb. It's stupid. Three. He's, I mean, Larissa must have been like, dude, you're my leadoff here. I want the ball on the ground. It's 1991. Get your shit together. <laughs> you're Carney Lansford. Yeah. So at some point, Tim's going to be like, fuck this shit. I want to do my bet flips. I want to entertain you guys like I did last year. And even last year's launch angle was still 6'7. It wasn't anything crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Tim, lift the ball up a little bit more. Give me some more power. 
Because the guy swings at everything anyways. We know the story. He doesn't walk. He swings at everything. That's his profile. And he can hit almost anything. doesn't matter where you throw it. Outside the zone, inside the zone. He's got a really unique Vladimir Guerrero, the original Vladimir Guerrero type profile. <laughs> yep. I really I really think at a certain point it'll be up to Tim. But maybe that's wishful thinking. Maybe I'm hoping that Tim will hit for more power because I know that he can do it. I, w- I guess I'm wishing here. A consolation prize, by the way, was Josh Bell. Josh Bell has heated up recently. Last couple weeks, he's got a like a 340 average, a OPS over 1,000, starting to hit the ball better. Things are looking up, and that Nationals team is in the playoff mix, yeah. so they're going to need him. Yeah, yeah. Nats have started to get started to get it together here over the last month, and uh, they're going to need him. I think he just might be starting to get into his groove because you remember, you got to remember he missed a majority of the start of the season. And this is a guy that you and I both believed in coming into this season after such a down year last year. And now he's starting to heat up. That might be another bat that maybe you could go scoop up on the cheap in the second half in a lot of your leagues. Uh, except when, you know, the Nationals give up a grand slam home run to a relief pitcher when it's your <laughs> best pitchers on the mound. Not good. I couldn't I couldn't believe that. Yeah, that. Doesn't that make you guys suspicious? Like, I don't I don't look at it as a fun moment because the ball's been fucked with so much and all this bullshit's been going on with the gunk out of the game. And this relief pitcher just called up, golf's a grand slam. He golfed it. I mean, it was a down and in. Like, wait, it was not a, a guaranteed hittable pitch. I can't make it up. No, I, I love moments like that. But all of the bullshit that's happened recently has put this cloud of suspicion over these cool unique moments that made baseball the game that it is and that's what bothers me that's calm down, mike mike calm down it's baseball there can always be anomalies like a relief pitcher hitting a grand slam yeah but i'm not gonna live in denial <laughs> that's what made it so okay whatever jasper says uh, michael Kopek maybe like to see him start a few games and give it a go hey we'd all love to see that Brian says Otani again. Boring, boring Otani hitting 60 home runs and stealing 35 bases. What is Jasper what says, is what does he do in the second half? Is he just, oh, does just, this just continue? Is he gonna go through a lull? No, he's gone. No. He's I, gone. He's gone. I, I think the home runs continue, but I think he does go through some type of massive slump where the strikeouts come back a lot. But when he does put the bat on the ball, it's gonna be a home run. He's such a freak athlete, and he can hit any kind of pitch out of the park. I feel like he's almost slump proof. Like we've never, we've literally never seen a player like him. I, what happened last amazed. year? Well, he hurt his he hurt his uh, elbow. No, I'm serious. He played wasn't As a he hitting? Hitter. Wasn't he hitting? Yeah, but he was hitting with a torn elbow. No. No, that was uh, not last year. 2020. He was. He, I thought he would. He was he had the surgery before he had, that, right? he had so, been he had been recovered from it but I I mean I think as we've talked about before I think you throw away last year um but if you think about like the second half of 2019 like he he was striking out a lot well he's grown too That's the other thing this is a yeah, yeah. he's developing he's still people think he's like this automatic god who showed up on our uh, you know he showed up on the shore of the west coast in California and he signed, ready to go, package as is. No. He's, There's he been struggles. Through. There's been struggles here. I mean, this is what, his fourth year now? He's not a minor leaguer. Like, yeah. he he had to learn, too. So I, I, I still think there's there's a lull. I don't think he hit 60 home runs. I, just, I, I think don't he see does. that happening. This guy, I'm, it, did you guys a, see that today? He doesn't do batting practice, according to the pitching coach, I think it was, of the Angels. Is, he uh, truly, 
He doesn't do batting practice. Is the home run years. derby going to fuck with him? Oh, God. <laughs> You're not going to watch, Mike, so it won't matter. Could you imagine if he has a real pitcher come out and pitch to him because he's not used to, like, soft tossing? <laughs> That'd be funny. Because he doesn't do, yeah, someone should just come out and throw 90. Except if he doesn't do batting practice, he has to do some type of machine hitting. Where it like spits out like a hundred, he's just like it's, 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 it's so that's so, so weird to me. I'd have to look further into it. It was a tweet though from, but quoted of the pitching coach, I believe. Check it out on Twitter, verify it. But it looked real to me, and I know when shit's fake. Or at least I no, think I heard Richard Rolly talking about it on Rates and Barrels. Yeah, it's, def- it's definitely true. Yeah, crazy. It's insane. So he's God. So he is God. He has the the blood of God, and I'm just gonna have to believe this now. Oh, he hit another okay. one just now. 116 mile an hour. Are you yeah, fucking yeah. serious? Did he really? 463 feet. I'm still pissed I traded him two years ago. <laughs> yeah, that hurts, buddy. What's well, yeah, okay? I mean, I got great value for him back then. <laughs> you're talking about 60 home runs over under 55. You're taking the over or under? Under. I'll take the over. I think I'm taking the over. Unbelievable. We're at 33 right now, right? He's an alien. He's not. He's not real. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I you know what I this is a lesson final thought here the lesson here remember the buzz when he showed up here and he was yeah. pitching and hitting but he wasn't hit doing it simultaneously in a game because he was being babied mm-hmm. at the time mm-hmm. but people are going ape shit people are going nuts around here I remember when he started last year his first start after the elbow surgery last year which was terrible against Oakland I believe the 2020 bozo season People were like, oh, my God, he's back on the mound. It's so exciting to have him back. And I remember all the buzz from that. And that buzz was half the buzz of the original buzz when he showed up. So we just all forgot. Even though he sucked last year, it was a small sample. We all forgot. We forgot the amazing buzz that this guy created. And we got to remember. We This is a note for me. It's a note for everybody out there. Remember these moments that happen during seasons. Because if they happen once and a player is that talented, they're likely to happen again. So if you see a negative... Or if you see a trend of sadness that players struggling with, don't put too much stock in. We, that's something Mike, we talked about it last week. He was a guy that we did probably 40 shows with a plethora of guests before the season started. He was not brought up at all. And it was because of that weird short season. If he would have been healthy and played a full season, maybe he puts up a really great second half and he's a top 100 drafted hitter. Now, some people did go out and draft him because they were in the know and they're just like last year was an anomaly. He's coming back from an injury from 19. This guy had hot buzz coming up and you've seen the talent of a guy that can hit home runs and steal bases. But I just, I feel like it just went by the wayside because we lived in such a goofy season last year and anybody that drafted him, wherever you drafted him, shit, if you reached and took him in the eighth round, you're loving what you're getting from him right now. So I, I think it's great what he's doing. I think it's great for the game that you have an international player who is absolutely raking right now and a guy that can do two two different things. I know he got shelled last week against the Yankees, but I still think he's an extremely talented pitcher. The hard part about all this is the Angels suck right now. They need Mike Trout to get back. They're no, too they're far. They're, yeah, but it's a tough division. You're dealing with a really stud Astros and A's team and – the best that you could probably do right now is the wild card, which is still going to be tough when you have the Rays playing as well as they are. 
and you have two other teams in the West that are, are playing as well as they are. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Angels. I'm a I'm a big Mike Trout supporter. Love what Joe Madden does over there. And it'd be really disappointing if Shohei Otani ends up hitting 60 home runs, wins the MVP, and they don't even make the playoffs. Yeah. Final thought, Ryan. We'll leave it to you. Um, I think they can compete for a wild card spot, but um, yeah, I don't see them getting it. Even with Otani and Trey, they could have the two best players in baseball. They're still not going to make the playoffs. It's still sad. no Trout. Still no rehab yet either. Yeah, I'm, the pitching staff makes me nervous too. Hmm. Well, folks. Joey Otani special. Let's leave it on that. What a special man he is. And his ADP was like 180, 200-ish. Like it really was way low. The ADP said it all for the most part. What people thought of him, I'm talking about the hitter anyways. I don't even know what the pitcher was. And if you combine them together, those are different leagues. But that doesn't matter. We've had Ryan Venancio on our show. We taught fantasy baseball. We talked about music. We talked about $100,000 pyramid. I think it was a positive show. And I think we can all say thank you to Ryan. For giving us this opportunity to connect, learn, explore, and share in a little bit of conversation, communication, and consultation, if you will. Uh, Ryan, what's next for Ryan Venancio? Um, I'm going to be putting out some drum videos soon. Uh, I'm ramping up the drum covers. I have my own YouTube channel. It's just my name, Ryan, uh, V as in Victor, E-N-A-N-C-I-O. Um, if you just type it in on YouTube, you can, you know, subscribe to my channel, try to upload once a week. Um, and then I write, uh, fantasy baseball content for next on deck. That's the, uh, that's the plan right now. Oh yeah. I was already subscribed, so I'm good. Okay. I'm already cool. Cool. Gorillas, huh? You did the feel good drum cover. That that, that blew up. I was pretty happy with that. I got 12,000 views on that. I think. Nice. Yeah, you did. Well done, sir. Yeah. Yay! Uh, okay, I'll ask you other stuff down the road because I have a lot of questions. All right, Deary, <laughs> see Deary, nineteen ninety nine. It's the All Star break, so are you going to tune out for a while here? Or are you going to what? Go I'm, dude, go- I'm ramping up back up. I'm thinking about tweeting something out later. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Actually, uh, so this is way off topic, but it's still baseball. I was watching Tarek Scuba last night, and it I finally figured out who Tarek Scuba reminds me of if he can on the high end possibly become this guy if he turns into, you know, an amazing talent that I hope he can be. His delivery really reminds me of Andy Pettit. Really? If he turns into Andy Pettit, I will be very, very happy. That's Which is funny because he pitches nothing like Andy Pettit. <laughs> yeah, you're the, right. the, the delivery you're right. just reminds me of it and the fact no, no, he has several right. different pitches. No, no, you're right. It does now that I think about it. It definitely does. That's funny. I'll think about that. I'll stew on that for a while. And maybe uh, Jerry will tweet, tweet all about it. Tweet about that Scooble Pettit reference. I'm Michael Govier at MJ Govier. G-O-V is in Victor I-E-R. See Deary 1999. C Deary 1999. Beloved, beloved Deary. Ven, V-E-N underscore baseball. Ryan Venancio, V-E-N underscore baseball. Those are our Twitter handles, and that's how we generally engage with you. Of course, the YouTube channel. Sub it, sub it, sub it, sub it, sub it. Palazzo Podcast, Palazzo Podcast, Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z. Utah, give me two. Tell him, Gary. That's it. Uh, there'll be no Sunday show, as far as I know. I don't know what to do. I, I got to figure this out. 
playing softball. But it's supposed to rain all day Sunday, so maybe there will be a Sunday show. I don't know. We'll see how the see how the weather goes, dearie. It's possible that we could have a rain out. I'll be around. I don't know. But having Ryan on was great. This was long overdue. We hope he comes back. I'm sure he will. He doesn't seem opposed to it. And that's it. We wish you all a wonderful all-star break. Enjoy the home run derby if that's your thing. I think it's stupid, but that doesn't mean you have to think that as well. Ryan and Deary, I'm Michael Govier, and we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you, and I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, Surprise is on our side. <laughs> Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.